When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How are you, Willie? Still kind of believe you talked me into this. <laughs> He's still grumpy. It's a Sunday night. <laughs> Honestly. I've got a beer of Moretti sitting in the fridge, so at any point I disappear, I'm just going to the fridge to get a beer of Moretti. I told you about this last week. You knew about this last week. No, but... If I fall asleep live on YouTube, right, it's fine. Just let this let the thing go black. It's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> right now, the link is in the description for the video that we're going to be watching. Um, if you can't get a link to work, if you just search on YouTube as live League Cup Final 2011, the video will come up. It's from the Rangers Football Club uh, YouTube page. Click on that and go to four minutes exactly. Because as Wolf said, it doesn't want to watch all that pre-match shit. And that right, Wolf? That's correct, yeah. Be here long enough for watching that nonsense. <laughs> so anybody watching, go to uh, the link in the description, get the video up and go to phone minutes, exactly. So, Wolf, just before we start, if there's anybody watching, we'll let them um, get all that set up. What do you remember about this game? Not a hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> I remember it was the day after my... Uh, my, my pal got married. I was at a wedding in Kilwinning the night the day before, um, which means my girlfriend was with me at the game rather than my daughter, who would normally travel to football with me, because um, obviously the girlfriend was at the wedding with me. Uh, we were in the what stand was it? What's the main stand? That what's the main stand that happens? Is that the west? Stand? That's that's the north. That's the south stand. So we were in the we were in the north stand, opposite the main stand. Right opposite the trophy presentation, which is quite good. I remember that. And I remember the winning goal, which is about two hours away, so we'll talk about that a bit later on. <laughs> what do you remember about it, Wally? Because I, I remember you saying to me that you don't remember any old games. No, I don't really remember it, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, I've got good memory of some things, but that game just, for some reason, it's completely dropped out of my memory banks. I genuinely didn't remember it until Wolf told me who scored, and I was like, oh, aye, right, I remember that now. It's weird, I mean, like, it really shouldn't happen, because when you get to cut finals, you should probably remember every single game, who scored the goal, when they scored the goal, etc. But, 
for some reason in my mind, there's just some games that are just like completely gone. It's like I just do not remember them, which is weird because you know you go to as many games over the years, but there is just some that just have completely gone to my mind. Mm, exactly. Now, for anybody watching, remember, like I say, the, the uh, links in the description. Go to it now. Go to four minutes, and uh, guys, right. So. When I say three, two, one, and play, press play. Don't press it on one. Don't press it after I say play. Press it on play. Right? Is that quite easy enough to understand? Aye. <laughs> this is going to go well. Right, gents? And, and three, two, one, play. There we go. So the game starts off with one of your favourites, both Samaras. I, you know, I'll tell you a wee thing about Samaras. This time, this is what, 2011. So my, my daughter, who's now 17, would have been, what, eight, nine years old, maybe. And mm-hmm. we sat in the club, we sat in the, the club deck at Ibrox. And we were at a, a game with, a game with Celtic, an old firm game. And it was only, she went to her first old firm game when she was eight. So it was only a probably second or third old firm game. And the teams came out and she says, Dad, I hate him. And I went, <laughs> Who? She says, that's Samaras. I hate him. I didn't even know she, she knew who he was. So from then on, I thought, okay, fair enough. So that's that's my, my lasting thing I'll always remember about him. She's right, ah. I hate him. Also. See, the, the, the thing about Samaras was, right, I mean, I, I, I hate to admit it, because it's strange. He wasn't a good player, but when he was in form, he was, a, he was actually really difficult to play against. I, he, was just, he was just all legs. He just... Mm-hmm. Just all legs and hair. I'm. Tr- I'm also trying to remember. Were, were we the favourites coming into this? No, I don't think so. No. I think if my memory serves me right, we had in the long been to Parkhead and lost, and there was a lot of criticism. I think this is just me trying to kind of think back that David Weir had a poor game that day, and I think we might have changed our system for that cup final. Just looking at it now. Because I'm sure did we not lose like three and a hundred parkhead and like Gary Hooper scored a couple or something like that? And, I hated that Gary Hooper, by the way, always scored against us. I'm, I fucking forgot about him. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it was this cut final because a couple of weeks before that I'm sure we'd lost at Parkhead quite heavily. I think it was the day that mind the big boy that we had in loan took out Scott Brown in a heavy tackle after three or four minutes. Oh um I Kyle Barton. centre back. Aye. I, I'm sure that was that game and it was a shocking game for us and then a couple of weeks later when we played Celtic they were supposed to be the big favourites but obviously it proved to be otherwise Aye and was this our last trophy our last major trophy? No because we won the uh, was it? No when, when was this? Oh hang on what's happened here I've got an advert <laughs> Skip the advert <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> this is what happens when you get quality stuff that Martin sends you. <laughs> get me down. There we go. Is that a good advert? I don't ever go to see it. I had to fast forward it because you decided to, to skip adverts on it. Well, you should have that YouTube premium and then you wouldn't have adverts. Aye, okay. Mate. We're going to pay for premium on YouTube. <laughs> watch YouTube. I'm fucking... I'm, a fif- I'm 50 odd. I don't watch YouTube. I know. He's, right. Honestly, he's not thought this one through at all. Oh, no, I thought it through. It's just I could have used a two-mere technology-wise people to date with. 
Yeah, you could have done. Right, I, I question, I, That's mm-hmm. fair enough. Oh. Why? As a young, as a young Stephen Davis, by the way, he was he was absolute quality, wasn't he? Uh, Stephen was one of the best football. In fact, Stephen Stoll is one of the best footballs that I've ever seen. Definitely, mm-hmm. yep. That's why I think that. You know, see as long as Steven's still able to play, we just keep giving him a year because he's just that good that he looks like one of these guys that he's naturally fit. Yeah. So like it's more with him. It's oh. it's basically going to be whenever Steven decides that he's going to retire, he'll retire. That's it. And Rangers have just got to accept that's how it's going to be. So I don't think Steven's the sort of guy that's going to end up moving like League One in England and then maybe League Two. I, I don't think Steven's that type of guy. I think when he retires, he'll want to go out at the top. I don't think he's going to want to have like another two or three teams on his on his career kind of thing, you know. I actually think I actually think if we manage to close it to win the league this year, I think they might he might call it quits at that. I don't he know might... if he'd maybe try and get this international record, isn't he? How many more caps is it he needs for Northern Ireland to get that? Well he's got the Northern he's got the Northern Irish record now. I bet uh-huh. I bet there's another record, isn't he, that he can break Oh, oh yeah, but she's got to put that away, man. Quite to put that away. See, because you said adverts, guys, I'm at four minutes 25. Right, sorry, we're, a bit, we're, a bit, we're a wee bit behind you, but it's all right, don't worry. Yeah, we'll catch up then. <laughs> it's behind you. Uh, yeah, right. boss swung right. in and big Yelovich man swings uh, it. You'd expect him to score that. Just didn't catch it. Just didn't catch it. That's the thing, looking at that, right? The names on the shots were really, really strange that season because mm-hmm. they're in a lower case. I've just noticed that. I'm too tight to buy a shirt, never mind put a name in the back of it, so I couldn't I tell you if that's normal. I don't ever put a name in the back of it. But just looking at that there, when Yelovich turned round, it was all lowercase letters. It wasn't Aye. like, oh, it's capitals. That's, quite a very, that's very strange. I actually quite liked that jersey because it was quite plain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There wasn't a lot to was. That's why I quite liked, you know, like the retro jersey that they put out recently in terms of the style of it because that was the kind of jersey that, like, Obviously, you grew up, it was just a plain blue jersey. There wasn't like a lot of trim on it. There wasn't a lot of extra colour on it. It was just just a nice blue. That retro jersey would be great if it didn't have the, the collar on it. You know, the, the, fold, the fold. If it was just if it was just a white collar, just a yeah. flat white, that would just be that would be iconic. That'd be brilliant. That'd be really good. See, that's that's Samaras again with his big legs just cutting through, and Edu takes him out the game, but. That was the thing, like he's was like he's, I think it was you that was said it well with Sam and he's all legs. Aye, just all legs and hair. <laughs> I'm saying nothing about hair. No, especially yours at the moment. I say like you like that guy <laughs> Harry out the Henderson, so like, that Scottish guy. Hey Wolf, do you remember that guy? No. No, I remember Harry in the Hendersons. It was like a big Sasquatch looking guy and he went and stayed with a family. No, never heard of it. Ah. No. That might just be you remembering childhood experiences, Willie. Pretty sure where I grew up in Johnson, there isn't any Sasquatches, to be honest. It's Stevie Weird in there. Jesus Christ. Stephen Whitaker, there, Wolf. Right, I'll put this to you. Stephen Whitaker, obviously, after everything that happened, Rangers fans really don't have a lot of good things to say about him, in my opinion, quite rightly so. But when Stephen Whitaker was at us, what did you make of him? Decent player, I was a decent player. Did the job he was did the job he was there to do, and I held held down a place in the team. Did all right up until what happened happened and the, that fucking stupid press conference and other things that followed with that. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I like I liked him as a player. And obviously we'll always have Lisbon. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, although I mean that, that game in Lisbon we were already through because we were beating them one nothing anyway. You know, and it was just icing on the cake. But everybody was just when I was at the game and everybody was just screaming at him to square it. And it was like a collective, there's no way he's hitting that from there. He just kept going and kept going and kept going. It was a great goal. So we'll always have that with him. But I don't see you know, I don't think ever let us down on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Off, the, off the pitch, yeah, okay, we had what happened, but as a on the, at the time, yeah, great. And that didn't even look like a foul to me there by Rogner on Jelovic. Was that a foul? Yeah, no, really. Grab his arm, but <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have said so. Kyle Lafferty, boom. Oh. What did you make of Lafferty? Lafferty, Lafferty was brilliant. If you if you could if you could get him in his March, April, and May form. Mm-hmm. And also, was, actually, well, if we should just say you know condolences actually to to Kyle and losing his sister. That was, that was horrendous at such a young age. Horrible. Oh, horrible. And for the, I mean, for the, for the, it, it, it's the market what Kyle is for him to still want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, to play for his country just days after that happened. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm sure he probably looked at it and that's what she'd have wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. It's probably why he did it, I would think. But, I, I mean, it's really, really sad. I mean, to lose the enemy at that age, it's, it's just a sin. It's just it's horrible. Nah, it's no age at all, is it? Yeah. There's Walter and Ali. They were a good duo, by the way. <laughs> I think Ali's been carrying a couple of extra pounds there. Did you see that one with the T-shirt? It was looking a wee bit tight, big man. <laughs> I think man must have been enjoying his dinners too much back then. I think Ali's been enjoying his life for a while now. Yeah, look, see at the end of the day, see when you see what he's done in his football career and what he's done you know, after he's retired, it's amazing that after all these years, he still gets as much, you know, like television gigs, radio gigs. It shows you the kind of person that he is, you know. Mm-hmm. All these years, speaks so well, and I think the fact is, like, he was a decent person first and foremost. Obviously, his time as manager for a lot of people might be kind of buffed at times, but I think most people will always love him and respect him for what he did as a player, mm-hmm. and they'll always appreciate that more than anything else, you know, because at the end of the day. He was a special player, special goal scorer, and you know you have somebody that scored the amount of goals he did over the period of time that he did was incredible. That's a, that's the thing, Willie. I mean, for for folk of certainly my my generation, um, we'll always know Ali as the player more than Ali the manager. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Ali Ali's first Old Firm game was my first Old Firm game. Is the way I always remember. You know, he scored after 27 seconds at, at Parkhead. We got beat, but he scored after 27 seconds. It was, it was phenomenal. And he just kept scoring against him. So we'll always know him as a, as a great player. Yeah. Whereas the younger generation will only will only really know him as the manager and mm-hmm. the, sto- the stories of him as a player. I think that's, as you say, that's a sad thing. But I mean, I remember when we signed McCoy's for a wee while, he couldn't score. He struggled to get off the mark, didn't he, early doors in the Rangers girls? And obviously back in the day, it was like the enclosure was the was like the hardcore element. And as he didn't impress the enclosure, it didn't take them long to tell you but the photo. You could big Hately got it as well, mind big Hately went a while with foot scoring. He yeah. was getting dogs abuse. But I think the impressive thing with Ali was that you know like he had that kind of character that like sort of regardless of what happened at the game or what happened, you know, the next game, how many chances he missed, he just kept kept playing. And then once he got that first goal, it was like the floodgates opened and it was scary at times, you know, and 
I mean, he didn't carry the team, don't get me wrong, because we had other strikers, as we've spoken before, but, you know, Ali's record in big games was, was phenomenal. No, I mean, he always, he, he always knew how to, how to make an entrance. I mean, when he, when he broke his leg playing for Scotland, Portugal, he, he came back, uh, League Cup final against Hibs at Parkhead, and he came, he came off the bench and he scored a winner, but he, I mean, he scored an overhead kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just, that was just Ali McCoy, just the way that he scored goals. You know, I mean, he would still score now. He, he could put him on a park. I don't. I think he would still be scoring goals when he's in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, yeah, it's just a natural ability. How yeah. many char- how many charity games have you seen him at? You know, at Ibrox or whatever. Or I think he's done a couple over at, at, at Mary Hill at Partick Thistle in these in these charity games, and he always scores. <laughs> I he just you give him a chance inside inside the penalty area. He's go, he's going to hit the target because he just knows where the, where the goal is. Right, gents. So listen, we're, we're nearly twelve minutes in. For anybody watching who maybe didn't watch at the beginning, if you follow the link in the description um, and take it to about twelve minutes, but or maybe twelve and a half minutes by the time you get it set up, you might be round about where we are. But what have you made? It, what have you made to the start of the game? It's a bit, bit scrappy. Just not really, not really any great chances. Nothing. To be perfectly honest, there's not been a lot to it at all. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Um, aye, it's been kind of fast-paced, but nothing's happened, really. Yeah. There's no, I mean, neither keepers are a safe to make. Just, you know, it's just sort of feeling each other out. There's no, yeah, there's no... so, look, you see that, you know, he gets in front of Ledlin there and he just flies to the ground. Yelovich was so good at that. Ah, Yelovich was, he was something else. Absolutely. One of the smartest strikers we've had in a long time. Mm. You know, he was good at winning cheap free kicks. His ability to finish, like, first time mm-hmm. is as good as anybody I've ever seen in a Rangers jersey. Um, and I think the big thing that stood out to me was we obviously went to a lot of hassle to sign him. Mm-hmm. And there was obviously a big uproar at the time because there was kind of rumours that he dowed tools, didn't he? That Aye. he was going to play for the... You know, for the, his team at the time, and we obviously got him in. And don't get me wrong, like I mean, like you can see the ability within. I think we signed James Beatty, didn't we? We paid like a million pounds. That's right. <laughs> and then, like, as soon as Yelvich came in and was fit, like Beatty just like dropped to the bench, and then we had to pay him off or whatever to go. But I mean, like Yelvich was a different level, and at that point, like Naismith was playing really well, and they two were hurting teams like game in, game out. Remember, do you remember angry, angry Neil Lennon back in the days? When because I don't think he ever got the better of Smith, Neil Lennon, did he? No, he was a very angry man back then. I think the difference was back then is that you know, for many years, like even though at times maybe we weren't like dominating Celtic, we were very good at beating everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's what this team at the moment needs, obviously, is to beat everybody else and then you take care of the Celtic games wherever they come round. And I saw a couple of times back then, we did lose to Celtic a couple of times by like two or three goals, but then we always found a way at Ibrox of getting by them mm-hmm. because we were beating everybody else round about us. That was generally enough for us to get over the line. And then like in this cup final, I think we spoke earlier, Celtic probably were just about favourites because they'd beat us previously a couple of weeks before it. But it shows you the character of the team, that they come straight out. And, you know, they knew it was going to be a battle. They knew it was going to be a physical contest. And that's how the game started, you know. Not, not a lot of quality to it. 
No, but you get that in a lot of these cup finals because neither team wants to give up too much early doors. Mm-hmm. Neither team's going to open the game up. They're not going to leave the space for, for each other to play in because that was kind of how the game was back then. Like Celtic were very kind of reliant on Hooper scoring goals or mm-hmm. like common. Well, I thought Hooper, Hooper was probably their best striker. Oh, is that a penalty? No. Oh, Definitely a not. It because I haven't seen this game for years, a bit like yourself, so... Well, I've never watched it, back. I'd like to see the replay, but that looked a wee bit... Mm. Nah, I'm pretty sure he dived. You could tell for that one camera angle, Wally, could you? That was enough, yeah, mate. That camera <laughs> angle was enough to tell me he dived. <laughs> oh... Do you know what? I, I forget. Yeah, look. There's a replay there. Oh, look, he's just fell out. That's embarrassing for Mark Walsh. And they he, he gets sacked by breaking off actually how easily he goes to the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. I know. That's why he's on Clyde now, isn't it? And See, Neil Lennon. Like, Neil yeah. Lennon's not happy. Look, look how angry he is, man. <laughs> I can see the problem with somebody like Mark Wilson. You know, that's what he's known for was his time at Celtic because the rest of his career, all right, he was a decent player, but he was never anything special. So that's why I always think it's quite funny when he comes out with some quite extreme views mm-hmm. on Rangers at times. Like, well, all right, like you played for Celtic for a couple of years, but you weren't exactly, you know, like a superstar. You weren't exactly anything particularly special. So when you start making comments about, about other professionals, I don't think it's right. I think there's a fine line between having an opinion and then having quite an extreme view. And I've heard a couple of the things that he's said recently and, and it's wrong. He's always trying to kind of push it towards one side because he's Celtic time, you know. Thomas Rogner, a man who's got a worse nose than me. He played against us recently. Did you not see that? Aye. <laughs> I actually thought I actually thought back then he was probably one of their better players. I actually thought he was a decent player. I don't really remember much about him, to be brutally honest. But back in 2000, I'm trying to think, 2011, so I would have been 20-something. Seriously, you can't ask me what age you are now, and then you take away <laughs> nine years. Oh, take away nine years. Right, so 22. Wolf. Well, do you think that he's only 31 right now? That's, that's some fucking paper round up. I know, come on. <laughs> it's my hair, it's my hair. Come on. He's, he's having a giraffe if he's only 31, isn't he? Only well, 31. Let's not, let's not talk about hair, though. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh. Well, I'm, try, I'm trying to think, so 22, I was maybe doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. and He's pulling his jersey. Um so, no, I can't really remember, Rogner. That is a total dive, man. Mark Wilson, get up. That's embarrassing. The boy's moving. <laughs> Greg Wilde as well, Wolf. He was one who, if I can remember rightly at the time, everybody thought was going to be the next big thing. And then well, he just he, kind of seemed to disappear. He jumped ship. As soon as we were into the administration, he jumped ship. He was first of yeah, him and that uh, the Spanish lad who I can't remember his name. He was here for about five minutes. It was a Spanish lad we brought in, and I think he maybe played once. Was that that? Oh, thingy. Um, what was his name? Tohan or Johan? No, that's just. No, no, no. 
I'm try, I, I, can, I can picture him, but I can't think his name. Him and, Wild, him and Greg Wild left at the same time. Look, his Ali signed that boy, didn't he? He, he paid like three or four hundred grand for that. He was a winger. Mm-hmm. Right? He was one of the first ones, and then obviously was it. We paid money for a Swedish guy, and he disappeared as well. Didn't we mind the guy? Like he was, he was pretty raw. Aye. I think we let him go, and then like sort of Bedoya, he left, and a few other guys started to kind of leave as well. Bocanegra, he, I think he stayed for a, was it, was it two months? Bocanegra stayed for a couple of months, aye. Yeah, and then he played in the first game. It was him and Big, him and Big Goya and started the game up at Peterhead, didn't he? Aye. That was a, that must have been a shock to the system for Bocanegra <laughs> rolling out, man, at Peterhead. And then he got turned rotten by that big Rory McAllister, didn't he? Did he know skin him for the goal? <laughs> he's still scoring, he's still scoring goals. I see he's on the bench a lot of the times too for COVID, it seems like. He's scored for COVID yesterday. He scored a penalty for COVID yesterday. Mate, I tell you something, they'll be in the Premier League in about three to five years, won't they? Because the money they're that's, spending. That's their plan. They've, got, they've been bankrolled by the guy who's bankrolling them to get, get a few quid to throw them oh, out. So that's... See where they're playing at the moment? I take it they wouldn't be able to play like Premier League games where they are at the moment, no? Because there wouldn't be enough space to build like, a six or 8,000-seater stadium, would they? No. I mean, no, no just look at that there. The, the pace, I know you're talking about something there, but the pace are wild. He was as fast as fuck, wasn't he? Aye, but that was his main attribute, though. I mean, that's mm-hmm. basically what he was in the team for. Mm. That's all he had. Yeah. What happened to him after he left, then? Did he just bugger off down south? He went. He was in England for quite a few years. No, he's dead. We're around the houses in England, I think. He was at Plymouth. He went to Plymouth, didn't he? He was at Plymouth, aye. He was at Plymouth, then Millwall, then back to Plymouth, and then he went somewhere else, and now he's up in Scotland. In fact, I'm sure, I'm sure I saw him playing for Plymouth. Yeah. Because I was doing in, uh, doing in London for a... I think I was doing. I was doing, I was running a half marathon or something ridiculous. Right. And the, the day before it, it was international weekend, and the only games, the only games in London oh, that weekend. Oh, David, fucking hell! It was late in Orient or Charlton against Plymouth. So I went to Charlton and Plymouth, and I'm sure Greg Wilde played for Plymouth that day. Sure he did. What are you doing running half marathons, you madman? Oh, I forget run marathons all sorts. Oh, he's got to score that, hasn't he? Fucking hell! How did he? Was that Brown? How far into this game are you, by the way? 20, 21 minutes and 15 seconds. I keep getting adverts popping up here, so I'll just catch you <laughs> up. <laughs> so, ball into the box. I think it's Commons. And Brown's got a kind of free diving header and he puts it well wide. He's got to score that. Did you see it, Wally? I just seen it go by the post there, actually. Two seconds. Aye. Look at it. It seems when you look at like the two teams back then, they were probably quite close. Mm-hmm. Terms of like sort of quality against each team, but I guess I always feel like see you up front to see like if Nesmith and Gelovich were playing a lot of the time, always felt we would create chances and we would take them if they came. And also when Davis, when Davis was was playing, you know, like sort of Stephen could open up games at will, and for some reason like Lafferty seemed to be playing a lot of these big games, didn't he? You know, like for all his record, was he? Particularly great at times, he did seem to be playing a lot of these big games because he's pace to kind of turn the defenders. Aye, Smith done that, but he never played Boyd in the big games, did he? It's because he didn't have the pace to turn the Wraithy guys, though. Mm-hmm. Especially at Celtic Park, like you needed, you needed guys that could run away from each other. You know, and also Lafferty had that, and he could also be a spearhead. You know, he could also play as the centre forward to hold the ball up, link the play. He could run the channels. That wasn't really Boyd's. 
you know, kind of speciality was it? You know, I mean, that was more Muller. Like, so when you look at the, the sort of Muller boy partnership, was perfect because Muller did a lot of the running, the tracking, mm-hmm. pulling runners away, and then Boyd was just in the penalty box to tuck everything away. And that was this, you know, that's why they two were so good together. Neil Alexander with a ball, and you know, I don't think I don't think you'll find many Rangers supporters that have got a bad word to say about Neil Alexander. I think I think the way he left, some people didn't particularly like it. Didn't you know what? There's a goal. No, there's no goal for me. Oh, here we go. Stephen this Davis running through. This is all your fault for not having. Oh, <laughs> do you know what that goal? I mean, that is a terrible shot. <laughs> It was a sclaff, wasn't it? A sclaff along <laughs> the ground. Uh, well, have you, well, have you put it back to the start of the game? No, but I'm just trying to catch it up again. There we go. That's it. That's <laughs> Stephen Davis here. Oh, it wasn't a great hit. I mean, he's, the, keeper, the keeper should be stopping that. Do you think it's just the way he's hit it? That because of the that's pace it's been hit at and the position it's been put in? That's just a shot. <laughs> I just don't know if he expected him to hit it so early. And maybe he's been a wee late. You know, a bit late going down, but it felt like that's the sort of shot that a goalkeeper should save. To be honest, mm. I just don't know if he's not reacted quickly enough. Because I mean, you, you can say what you want about Forst, that Forster. Um, I don't, I can't remember back then, but his second spell at Celtic, he was a, he is a really good goalkeeper, and uh, the guy they've replaced him with. <laughs> See, the point is, like, so a goalkeeper, it's. It's such a difficult position to fill the void. Like we've been exceptionally lucky mm-hmm. over the last 20, 30 years. You know, guys like you know Woods, um, Kloss, you know, sort of McGregor, etc. You know, Gorham. It's we've been so lucky, and that's been the difference in some of the big games, especially like the old Firm games, where our quality of goalkeeper has been the difference between us winning a game, losing a game, or drawing a game. Celtic probably in the last X amount of years, probably only probably Boric and Foster have been their best too. And you look at like some of their guys that's been in goals, like Rab Douglas and Bain and stuff like that, you know, they're nowhere near the level that the goalkeepers that we had at that point. No. You just seen a quick picture of uh, the Rangers supporters there well doing the bouncy. Old Forum Cup final, you go one nil up, but isn't there a better feeling than that, is there? Well there is going to do that. I'm surprised you can't remember this game. I don't remember. I, I'll be honest. There's loads of games I'll remember the results. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you what happened. And just at that at that time, I, I was my life was really busy, and there was loads of stuff going on. And because I never watched them back. You know, you really mm-hmm. don't want at the time, you know. If I ever do watch games back, it's the, the ten or fifteen minute clips on YouTube, but I haven't seen this one for a long time. But I don't I mean I didn't even used to do that highlights or anything. I do now, but I didn't used to watch highlights or anything back. You know. I mean these days it's just something it's just something to do because you can't get to the games. Because mm-hmm. for me, obviously going to going to a game, it's not just a couple of hours, I'm away all day. Yeah. You know? So are we allowed to talk about Stephen Naismith? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of Rangers fans, obviously, the same, kind of the same way as Whitaker, but I think it hurts a wee bit more because, you know, Naismith was supposed to be one of us, but when he, again, when, when he was at us, he was a brilliant player. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh, well, there's no supposed to be about it. Stephen Naismith grew up a Rangers fan. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, but I mean... But, 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 the thing is, see, at the end of the day, regardless of what anybody thinks, there was no way that some of these guys were going to come and play at the bottom level of Scottish football. Or it was the manner of how they left was wrong. I think that was more at Willie. It was what he said when he left. I look, I see the idea like no Rangers fan is going to sit here and say that we expected to have, you know, the entire team that finished that season start like the next season at that level. Like nobody expected that. Mm. But it was like Stephen Davis left in the right manner because I believe that Southampton paid a fee for Stephen Davis. It wasn't very much, but they paid a fee. And I think. Morris Edu had a fee paid for him as well. Mm-hmm. So did one or two of the others. So they did it the right way. I think we like the anger towards like Whitaker and Naismith is obviously down to, you know, the manner of how they left the football club. Well, they poorly advised, yes. Should they have known better? Absolutely. But yeah. I still I still appreciate the quality that Stephen had. And he went through a spell, I think, like six months, 12 months, where he was exceptional. You know, his movement, his touch. And he was scoring quite a lot of goals. Like I the the one that sticks out in my mind was the one he scored at Tynecastle. Mind he scored in like the last minute. Aye. He out his right foot and then he hit it off the post. And then like he scored the double against Celtic that season in a four two one as well, I think it was. And Stephen at times was exceptional. And I can understand the anger towards him, right? I can because it was just the way that he left the club that pissed as many people off. But look, that's the nature of the game. And he's never going to return to Rangers as a player. So like that's ship sail. So far. like from my point of view, like it's moved on. We're in a new era. We've got a new team, and that's that's just how it is. Just very quickly before we come back to Naismith, um Graham's put in the chat Aaron Niguez was the Spanish player you were talking about. No, I don't think it was. No, no. It was another guy. Yeah, well, Graham, you're wrong. <laughs> was it was it Chelich or something like that? Was the boy's name Chelich? Something like that. Because I'm sure it sounded a bit like Celtic and people were like, what the fuck are you signing that for? And he couldn't be quicker. I'm sure it was I'm sure it was a guy. Juan Manuel Ortiz. Ortiz, that's who I was ah, I was close. All right, okay. We signed him for Almeria, apparently. I'm just Googling it as we speak here. <laughs> yeah, do, 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 do. yep, yeah, Lafferty does well to keep the yeah, ball. See, I always found that with Lafferty when he got when he got wide into good crossing positions, his final ball was terrible. How bad is that that you actually forget a full footballer that plays for Rangers? Lafferty <laughs> so actually searched for his name because like he played for such a small period of time. How many players do you think? Right, I'll tell you what, then, well, the, the game's going through a wee bit of a lull. Try and think of as many players as you can that played less than 10 games for Rangers. Oh, there's loads. Oh, there's tons of them. No, oh, there's, there's loads, name them. There's loads. Dan Fitzgerald. Mm. Aye. Aye, all the academy players pretty much that played. Aye, Aye. well, no, no academy players, right? This isn't a youth. This isn't a monthly youth podcast. This isn't a month. No, no, it's not a monthly youth podcast, right? But that's, but that's what used to happen, though, when the when the season was done with two or three games, they really did th- they'd throw guys, they'd throw guys in at the end of the season, a couple of games, and then you wouldn't see them again until the same time next season or till they played for somebody else. Right, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll re-word it then. Think of players that we've signed that have played less than 10, 15 games. 
that have Daniel been Brodan. apart from Daniel Prodan. Everybody knows <laughs> Daniel Prodan. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Who was the big Norwegian centre half we signed with the curly hair? Mind? Sve- no, was it? Was that no Svensson? Oh, there you go. Oh, See that was, there, that fucking Joe Ledley. Joe Ledley. Was, uh, Dan, Dan Egan. Egan. I, think uh, he played, I don't know if he actually ever played a game, did he? Was he not no, in the bench? No, no, he didn't. Right, listen, go for, go, go for Celtic, ball in for... Look, I'm just passing that one by me. No, man. you need to discuss it. Flick <laughs> on for Samaras and I finish for Ledley. Whose fault was that? Probably should shut the board down a bit quicker for the ball in the box. The second... The second part is poor because the first flick on should be defended better. The second one's difficult and in, in between so quickly. In but, between Boogie and, and Weir. Aye. But look, it's that was very much what the two teams were like. like. There wasn't a lot between the two teams. When you actually look at them as I said earlier, it was two very even teams and you know, like it just took that one moment of quality in the game for each team to be one all. Because you know, when you look at like the other 30 minutes of the game. It wasn't particularly great apart from the two goals. I know, and I just happened to pick a game that goes to extra time. <laughs> I think that's the only two goals we get until. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like you could have picked a 90 minute game so we could have all been sitting having a cup of tea at half past nine, quarter to ten. But I, I could have. We're still going to bone here at like quarter. I'm listening to a cup of coffee about half past nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a way. But Jack, Joe Ledley. Um, uh, listen, I know we don't really like to talk about their players, but what did you make of Joel Edley as, as, a, as a midfielder? I thought he was actually quite a good player. No, nobody wanted to come in on that. I, look, <laughs> I, mean, I thought he was a good free transfer signing for him at the time because he was a good player for Cardiff. And Penalty. What's that? Penalty. Penalty. Oh, he's a shocker. I don't know when he overturns it, Andy. Oh, so he does. He's overturned it. How did I forget about that? This game was nine years ago. How did I not know that? But how? But the thing that gets me about that, right? He's given the penalty. I know. So who's told him it's not a penalty? Yep. Because the fourth official's not supposed to, at that time, not supposed to get involved. And the thing was, it was a penalty because he clipped his knee. That was the thing. He actually clipped his knee. Like, you see the studs going into his... So he did. And he books him for diving. Aye. So, but as soon as he gave it, did he just go, no, I've got that wrong? Or, or did somebody say to him, that's not a penalty in his ear? Let's have yeah, a look. I mean, like, he just seemed to change his decision, and then it was like... That's we, soft. If that's a penalty, well, that's soft. Let me see this angle here. Also, but, like, there's, oh, he does? No, it's a penalty. Ah, it's a penalty. He's on the knee. Aye. He's been a bit dramatic, but for me... That was yellow. Aye, there you go, boom. Right in the knee. That's a penalty. Aye, for me, that's a penalty. But then he changes his mind. But he doesn't he doesn't appear to consult with his assistants. So you've got to think the fourth officials told him. Look, I think he died. I think one of us should send a wee email to Claire White and see if she can sort it out. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no points. You can't fucking read. <laughs> see, but it's like sort of really bizarre though. See when you look at like some of the things now that guys are getting pulled for, and some of the things that even happened like ten years ago. It's actually laughable when you see some of the things now that are getting pulled up compared to back then. But it seems to be like whoever shouts loudest on like sports scene mm-hmm. seems to end up at Claire White's door. Mm-hmm. I think that's where like Gerard's been really smart this year. He's told the players, look, we can't have anybody sitting on the touchline 
for doing something daft because that was always Alfie's problem. Right, by the way, Graham's at, Graham's at it now because he's put in the chat... Jose Carroll, Pierre, fan, fan. Ah, he's <laughs> a French centre-back. He, he, like he definitely wasn't Spanish. <laughs> no, no, he was one of the guys that played less than 10 games, though. Oh, was he? he was, aye, and, he, and he, uh, he, played under, he played a couple of games. Mm-hmm. He played a friendly at Linfield uh, pre-season when Leguin joined us. And the reason I know is my two oldest daughters were mascots at the game and one of them walked out with him. Was it, uh, was it Big Rodriguez he played beside? Rodriguez, aye. Yep. Was, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, he was quite highly touted at the time, wasn't he, Rodriguez? Because a lot of people were saying that... So it was Fanfan? I think Rodriguez was more because the Tino play... Monaco. Uh, Monaco. Captain Monaco. He did quite well in Europe previously, so I think that was why he was quite a big signing. Did he not captain him in the Champions League? I, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. By the way, actually, gentlemen, just before I forget, I invited Graham to come on tonight and he ignored me and now he's sitting watching. Graham, get your arse on. <laughs> yeah. He's probably seen your hair before I'm looking on his. He's also put in the chat Libor Sionko. He played more than 10 games. I think Libor played more than 10, aye. Uh, Libor played a few, aye. Aye. He scored the... He scored in his debut, well, didn't he? He scored against Mullow on his debut. I think so, yeah. yeah. Another one who only played a few games, uh, talking about scoring on their debut. Uh, boy, Fabrice Fernandez. I maybe paid like half a million pounds to loan him, didn't we? And he scored against Mullerbone, and then he just like, disappeared from the planet. Scored a screamer against Mullerbone, never seen again. And then who else was it? It was uh, Marcus Gale. Oof. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> Marcus Gale. Here, who was the boy that we signed? Alex McLeish signed him, and the deal was that he, I think it was Argentina, but I, I know I think it, I'm pretty sure it was South America, and the deal was that he could stay there, and he only had to fly over to play games. He was Italian. Was it Italian? Was it? For his name, but he was Italian. It was, wasn't it? Right, Graham. What was he, his name? Since you and he never ever came over. Did he never come over? No. Never needed him because I think the deal. Well, the deal I think was. If we needed them, they would let him know on the Thursday and he would fly over on the Friday. And play right, on the that's, what, that's what the deal was. That's right. What was his name? can't remember. Right, Graham, you've been, put, you, you've been commenting in the chat because you're too scared to come on, so give the guy's name. Was that the bold guy, like the bold Italian? He was maybe about 30, 31. I think he, I'm sure he was a striker, wasn't he? Oh, he was a striker, eh? Striker. Yeah. I'll see if I can Google it. I'll, I'll Google it while you are talking shit, right? <laughs> the reason that we haven't really spoke about the game is because there's been nothing happening in the game. No. I, I couldn't have picked a worse cup final to put on. No, you, you really can't. couldn't have done, mate. That was real quality workmanship you did there. <laughs> you can't find it on Google. Send a message to Davey Edgar because he knows who he is. He talks about him all the time. Oh, does he? Aye. I would, I well, if David, if somehow David's watching, David, <laughs> let us know. Let's see. I guess bring her up every Italian that's ever played for Rangers. This this boy never played. Let's see. Right. Graham's just messaged me. I'm heading home soon, so can't come on tonight. Graham, you're a a liar. You're sitting in the house and you're watching (laughs) this. So how does it work? What is he watching at his work? I know, I know. He's full of shit. 
Or as he pats his bird and says, "No, nah, I'm just going to watch this and I'm leaving for the house." Maybe it's his. Maybe it's his bit in the side. Well, and we've just outed him. Yeah, possibly. There's space in the right. Is that Scott Brown? Do you know Scott Brown still looks the same? Samaras picks it up. Oh, look at that man! Big Davy, Big Davy Weir was colossal for us, wasn't he? I'd love to have got him a few years before we got him. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, when he when he joined, I remember the the furor when he joined. Like, Fuck it, we're signing a thirty-six year old for a six-month contract just to show up, show up with defence. Right, I think I found it. Is it Filippo Maniero? Um, that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Felipe Maniero, that's it. That's it. I, apparently we got him on a free transfer for Torino. That was the season we signed Francis Jeffers in loan as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, Francis Jeffers. The fox, the fox in the box that couldn't score goals. And then we signed a young Argentinian striker. Well, do you remember the young Argentinian striker we got in in loan? You need to give me his name, Wally. Federico Nieto, mind Oh, Nieto. Right, he scored, he scored a couple of goals. He did, actually, that's right. And then, one of the most famous football manager players ever, Moses Ashakodi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, wait a minute. I bet you Wolf seen him play for Rangers. Wolf would have been at Parkhead that day. Was, yes. He actually came on in a pre-season friendly against St. Merlin as well. There you go. We've all seen him in proper, proper first team action. We've all seen that man. That right. has played to fame forever. He's seen Moses Asha Cody. Come on for about 10 for seconds. An old fun game. Aye, what was that? About eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right, gents, five, five minutes to go. Five minutes to go until half time. What have you made of this game as a kind of whole? I mean, was this just the kind of old firm games you got back then, but there wasn't a great deal of quality? It was just high intensity. No, it wasn't always like that, but I always felt that cup finals, like, neither team were prepared to, like, kind of, you know, kind of open the gates up too much kind of thing, you know, there was always that, let's see how they're going to set up before we do anything, or, you know, was that 10 or 15 minute having a look at each other thing. I just always fancied us in cup finals, because at that point, obviously, we were the team that were the most successful in terms of winning these games. Mm-hmm. Celtic, even under Lennon, yeah, like you they were going to be tough, but I just always felt like the over quality, as I said earlier on, way like your Naismith, your Davis, your Yelovich would always be a wee bit too much. It's been 50 50, Wolf. What's that, Marv? Would you say it's been 50 50? Yeah, yeah. Chances, possessions. Apart, apart from the two goals, there's really been nothing, no, no, not a lot happening around with the goal mouths. You know, I mean, like a few, a few balls sort of thrown in and headers wild, but the keepers have had nothing to do. You know, so yeah, I think it's probably been. I know. See, this is why I want it. Graham one because Graham's one of the tactics guys that knows a lot about, you know, who's playing where and why. He would have been good to have one because we'd have been able to fill another fifteen minutes for a shot. So I mean, I'm looking through some of the signings right that we've made during the period, and some of them are. What about the the Manchester United duo that we got in loan under Le Guin, Phil Bardsley and Lee Martin? Well, Lee Martin, when he when he first came, he played what was it two or three games, and he looked really good. And then after that, he just disappeared. Well, what about William Stonje and Amadou Mark Tarandai? They just started just signing random French guys. <laughs> and that was that was like when he just signed signed anybody from France. 
I look, we signed two guys for range B team, Antoine Ponroy and William Stongier. Stongier, so, I don't think either of them ever played. No. I remember, um, uh, is it Stongier? But I don't remember the other boy. Figures like Ponroy, I remember them. But when you look at Smith, like Smith went straight out once he'd been sacked and saying, like, you go where he all because. Like, we couldn't defend. Like, Svensson couldn't have heeded a ball. Mm-hmm. Papach went to a centre-back, to a left-back. Sebo was pretty much kind of sparingly used. You know what I mean? Like, sort of Thompson. We had Kevin Thompson at that point, didn't we? I think so, aye. So, it's weird, like, sort of, when you see, like, the two managers, like, how they differed in terms of, like, the type of player that they wanted, it felt like... Like when was just doing signing anybody because he thought the level of Scottish football was that shit that he thought he could just sign anybody and they would be good enough. I actually think the job that Smith came in and done after he replaced Liguen is quite underrated. You know, he came in and done a fantastic job at turning that squad around. But when you look at the core of that team, though, I mean, you look at that summer there, like looking at the following summer, right, when he had his first full transfer window, he signed McCulloch, Whitaker, Quella. Naismith, Kuzan, Beasley, Neil Alexander, and he got Christian Daly in in a free. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Bosmans was quite big back then, so we get Kurt Broadfoot and Alan Gow. And I think we signed Roy Carroll as well, it says, doing the bottom. And that was when we loaned Stephen Davis. So he basically tore up like sort of Le Guin's entire 11 mm-hmm. and <laughs> built a brand new team that summer. Yep. And then came in and won the league. Aye, but I think the biggest thing was like the mental thing. Mm-hmm. Smith took us to Parkhead and we won one nothing when Big Hugo scored the overhead kick. I mean I remember I remember arriving at Parkhead that day and I, I'm positive, positive that Sebo started up front. And all the guys were about me were like, What the fuck is he doing starting Sebo? <laughs> and some boy turned around and said, I but he'll give the defenders a bit of a chasing. I'm like, he's never going to score in a month for Sundays, but that's exactly what Sebo did that day. He just ran and ran and ran and ran. And he almost tired them out, you know? I mean, I would see, listen, see the thing about Big Sebo, you know, my, the very first game I took my little brother to was against Aberdeen at Ibrooks. I scored. And we won 1-0 and he scored in the very last minute and we were right on line with the goal. So I'm always going to have a wee soft spot for Sebo. He just never looked like a player that was going to be the standard a striker that we needed. He never, he never looked as though he was a high standard player. If you know what I mean. He, no, do you know what? He had everything apart from ability. <laughs> you know, <laughs> had everything apart. Just, oh, he broke his camera. Look, well. <laughs> <laughs> the twat. I just punched my laptop. Look, so see when you look at somebody like Sibo, oh. that shows you like Gwen's like ignorance. For Scottish football. All right, like Sebo was a decent player at that point. I think he had a decent goal scoring record. But how much did he actually know about him? Mm-hmm. You know, did he think he was going to fit into how we were going to play? Because it felt like we were signing guys and then just like kind of dropping them into places. And it didn't feel like anything was was like set in stone. Because mm. I think at Leon, basically what was happening was players were being signed and he was coaching them. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. this was the first time that he was properly signing players and it felt like I mean like Svensson could be head of the ball. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Scotland is one of the most physical combative leagues. You know what I mean? So like 
that's half, that's, before you carry on, that's half time. Um, yeah. The game just goes straight into the second half, so you don't need to worry about flicking it forward or anything. But Wally, half time, and apart from it being there's been some meaty challenges and a couple of goals, I, I kind of first half where nothing much happened. No, look, it was quite a quiet game, wasn't it? I mean, it was. If you take out the two goals, it wasn't exactly the best forty-five minutes in the world. But then that's, as I said earlier, that's what these games can be like. You know, there can sometimes be a real lack of quality at times because, you know, the midfields are just going toe to toe, and no one hardly a lot's happening. But well, what, that's the nature of cup finals. Watching that first half back, Wolf, if you can try and retrain your brain, what would you be thinking at half time after watching that? Would you be quite? Would you be confident or would you be thinking, oh, I don't know? No, I don't mean, I mean confident. I'm, I'm always confident in the Ranger, the Ranger side that's not, that's not two or three goals down. Mm. And in those days, we'll never two or three goals down. I'd have been, I'd have been fairly confident that we could, that we could turn them over because well, we're a better side than them. We're better players than them individually. You know, all over all over the park. It was just... The, I mean, look, looking back on the... I can't remember what I was thinking at the time, but looking back on that, that was a... That, that, Needed a lot more quality ingested into that. I'd probably have been screaming for a substitution about this thing. Just to get a bit impetus into it. Just to freshen up a bit. Do you know one of the biggest things that frustrates me is we could be 3 nil up with 10 minutes to go in an old forum game and I'm still thinking, oh no, just hurry up, final whistle. See one of the pessimistic Ranger supporters that gets raging because they're pessimistic. But can he stop being fucking pessimistic? It, uh, it's frustrating. I was just oh, shocked there. I didn't realise that somebody actually paid us a fee to take take Sibo. I thought we let Sibo go for free, but are you but still I, on this slagging Sibo? No, I'm just saying like I didn't realise that anybody else oh, paid. Oh, good ball for Wild, and ah, uh, yeah, he's got it. Yeah, apparently a French team paid 1.2 million pounds to sign Sibo. Really? Why? Oh, oh, good dig for Whitaker. Jesus. Oh, I think it must have been fucking fobbing off some amount of shite for them to pay 1.2 million after his Rangers spell. Listen, I'm going to have to move this guitar because I can hear the vibration in my ear when I'm talking. What? That's a good dig for Whitaker. No bad dig. He was good at that though. Whitaker was good at that. Aye, he was. He certainly hit a ball. And that Greg Well could put a decent corner in as well. He was good at the dead balls, Wild. I, 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 to go back to what I was saying about him earlier, I don't know. I think he's still playing, but I've got no idea where. I'm pretty sure he's at Clyde. Is he at Clyde? I know he's no, at Oh, just in front of Davis. I don't know why I'm going, oh, as if it's a live game. I am pretty sure he's at Clyde or something. Because um, I think I was, I was talking to him on Twitter a few months ago, trying to arrange an interview. Um, probably shouldn't have said that live. Um, but I... Uh, I'm sure he's at Clyde or something. Who's this? Greg Wilde. No, I think he's dropped below that now, mate. Is he lower? I think he might have dropped out of the Lowland League. I'm going to say, is there, is there lower than Clyde? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a poor head off of Davy Weir. Although it's a stretch for that. East, East Stirlingshire. That's where he is now. East Stirling? East Stirlingshire, aye. I mean, he's only 29. So he's went for playing with Plymouth and Millwall and then at the age of 29 mm-hmm. he's now playing for East Allen. I mean, so that's, that's some amount of drop. In that for, for a guy at that age? Aye. No. 
If there is anybody out there watching, because my laptop seems to be wanting to freeze, if it, but if there is anybody out there watching live, get your comments in about what you remember of the game. But my laptop's decided that... Oh, no, here we go, back back where my laptop's decided that it doesn't want to work tonight. Um, but, yeah, Greg Wilde, I... I who knows what would have happened to his career if what happened to us didn't happen, you know? Well, the thing is, when you look at it back then, whether it was his agent or whether it was other people in his ear, he clearly went there for a decent amount of money because I don't... It's no offence to Plymouth, but a lot of players were only signed for Plymouth because of where it is. I mean, it's a long mm-hmm. way out of the way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys were signing back then for Plymouth because they were offering good money. Aye. And that's why... Because at one point they had a Scottish manager, didn't he? Was it no a guy left Ross County and went to Plymouth? And he signed quite a lot of Scottish guys. Derek there. Adams? Was it Derek Adams? It might have been Derek Adams. No, yeah, he was dodge for you. Yeah. I know, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew you knew things like that. I didn't know I knew it either. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Adams, who used to be involved in Rangers, I believe. Was he at Rangers? I mean, I, I've, got, I've got knowledge, Wolf, on everything apart from Rangers. I don't know why... Uh, host a Rangers show to be honest with you I should just start hosting the, the Plymouth Argyle you know I'm sure Derek Adams was involved in I, I don't know whether it was a, a youth coach or he was a, I'm sure he was involved in Rangers at, at some level not for, not for long but before he became a manager he was, a, was, he, was it the Ross County manager he was Derek Adams Ross County manager his dad his dad was quite high up at one point at Rangers wasn't he I don't know the inner workings, Willie. I'm not as good up as you. When it was George Adams, Wolf, I think, was at Rangers at a point. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was there. It's trying oh, to think of all these names when you're live on YouTube, honestly. Like, <laughs> like your mind scrambles. Well, listen, before we started, the internet was starting to play up. I says right. to you, gents, do you want to just do it recorded because my internet's not working properly? And Willie, you says, I put my makeup on. You know, I want to do this YouTube. Look at that, mate. No, even a, a sweat in my brow. Look at that. <laughs> I've got to say, right, day for day, one of these ever again, right? Please just pick a 90 minute game. Three <laughs> right. goals in it. No. I mean, listen, listen, we've seen two goals. It's a Sunday night. It's international. <laughs> it's international break. There'll be people sitting at home the new. You know, with a laptops on, watching the game, listening to us talk about everything apart from this game. You mate, know. See if I was on YouTube, I'd be watching the game and had you on mute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Celtic, um, who was that? Papach. Oh, what does he do with that? Is that his? Did he go at that? His his right foot, his left foot. Sorry, it was nearly our own goal. Oh, scramble and away they come with. Sasa Papach as well. That was a strange one, wasn't it? Because. He came in, like, I think it was you that said it, Willie, as a centre-back, hopeless at centre-back, and moved it to left-back, and he's became kind of a cult hero. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you look at <laughs> it's weird, because when we signed Sasa, I'd never heard of him. No. Was it, rap- was it Rapid Vienna, Willie? Rapid Vienna, yeah. Was it? And it was one of those ones, like, you sign somebody and you think, I've got a wee knowledge about him, but with Sasa and a lot of the guys that like when belong in, it was like, you knew none of them. Mm-hmm. So you were willing to give guys the benefit of the doubt. You were saying, look, let's see them for the first three or four games. But it was worrying because the first six, seven, eight, nine games, we were thinking, 
we can't defend Crow's boys here. Mm-hmm. And every time that we were petrified. I, mean, I think it was a day at Easter Road. I'm pretty sure we battered Hibs for 90 minutes, but we lost the game because I think they put a couple of crosses into the boxes. Fencing like ducked out his head one of them. <laughs> well, but that was one of the first things. Even Swift came in. I think Svensson played a game or two off, didn't he? And then it was just like, right, that guy can't defend. So he was... You know, it's, it's, I mean, the thing with, like you say, Le Guin, I was disappointed with Le Guin because he came in, he took he took a, a year off of football and said he would come to us and, you know, he supposedly studied the game. But I don't, I don't think he ever had a look at it saying, well, Scottish football is easy. Yeah. And like, and he, he just he just signed, signed players that they couldn't, they, they were good technical players, but you need to be big and physical and good in the air and all that to play in ours. Little league, you know what I mean? And they just couldn't do that. I, his attitude towards the game here was very, very low. You know, the fact he was, don't get me wrong, like, I thought the boy was a uh, Jeremy Hunt. Come on, come on, I think of my field player. He, he looked a very good player, but you looked at so many of the other guys that he brought in, even like Latizzi, like sort of Latizzi should have been a goalkeeper of a good standard, but he just always looked as though he was quite shaky. I think we we Clermont we Clermont it was homesickness, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. We, uh, we were the only only club outside France he ever played for. Mm-hmm. But we look at him. I mean, I think he was still playing up until about a year or two ago. I mean, I don't know if he was still playing, but he was still playing at a decent level. So it shows you that when you look at a lot of the other guys that he signed, a lot of the guys drifted quite. In fact, I think Sebo retired when he was like mid twenties, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think he's like a he's in like a music band now or something like that. So. We should have just we we should have we should have bothered with the 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 as live stuff and the watch along. We should have just called this like the Rangers retro podcast or something, but it was to speak about old players because this game's been terrible. <laughs> I know. Thanks to but, you for picking this game. Honestly, let it go. The thing is, it's, it's things that have happened in the game that have led us on to talking about these players. So that's true. We probably wouldn't have gone down this road. So see the next time we do one of these, right? Mean Wolf OPEC or Graham OPEC or whoever else has got one iota of brain cell to actually pick a game that's no oh, It'll be none of us in the fucking group then. That'll be picking. Honest to God. I mean, what made you pick a game that went the extra time? Do you know, I typed in cup final wins and it was the first one that came up. <laughs> but you could have picked any game. Like you could have picked like a recent victory against Celtic at Parkhead, which we all thoroughly enjoyed with Connor Golson scoring two of the best goals I've ever seen. I mean, why would you I wanted to try and make it an older game, Willie. Listen, if there's anybody watching this right now, they're going to be going, oh, I'll just fucking switch off because they're not enjoying it. I'm enjoying this game, Wolf. What about you? <laughs> well, I'm enjoying it because I know that I know the, the ultimate end result. And it's <laughs> a toilet for the end, but we, we win the cup and I'm happy with that. <laughs> I know, Wally, so shut the fuck up, right? <laughs> did, did, you not, did you not have like a, a 5-1 cup win against us? Don't Arsenal? you start... But then I could have sat my missus doing this. Come on, come on, this with the boys and watch the team get slaughtered. You know what I mean? It would be brilliant. Great way for a Sunday night. True, true, true. If everybody wants to research uh, a different game, we'll stick that on and we'll start from the beginning. How does that sound? No. <laughs> anyway, corn, corn there he is, 55th minute. Good balling for a while, nothing happens. I just thought I would get in the 55th minute there, you know. Do you appreciate that? No. Oh. 
You're a, a, see, we've only ever really done podcasts while it have lasted an hour. I didn't realise what a miserable bastard you were. You know what it is, right? I've been at work all day, <laughs> and then you've decided to pick a game that lasts for two hours and 24 minutes. It doesn't last that long. That's yeah. We're not going to watch all the stuff after the final. No, but I'm no, I mean, I'm basically blaming you for this. Well, I gave you the option, and you and you and you went. I I, I want to do it because I want people out there to see my face with my makeup on. So I don't know what you're complaining about. Right, I need to go and feed my cats because my cats are here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> too many jokes. Too many jokes. No, no. I've got my two cats sitting still here. I need to go and feed them. What's that behind you? What's what? Where? There's, there's something behind you. It's a big packet of crisps. This is crisps. This is crisps for the American farmer. <laughs> That was my Chris from my American football. You know, I can't watch it because I've got YouTube on the television. <laughs> the 2011 League Cup final. <clears throat> if I keep running, and I say to you, like, so I hardly ever won a game. So if there's any New York Giants fans out there that eventually ever watch this on YouTube, this guy, Martin Douglas, forced me to win the 2011 <laughs> League Cup final. Well, the New York Giants were actually winning a game, which hardly ever happens. Would you support them for then? Because it's your team. You don't just leave your team because there are no winning things, Martin. I think you're not for America. I know, but there's always a love and devotion for every team that I support. Have you ever went to see them live? Not as of yet, mate, but it's definitely on the list to go and do it. Right, so you're not a supporter, you're a fan. What's the difference? There's a big difference. A supporter supports the team by funding them. A fan is just like you. That's... That's an outrageous thing to say. <laughs> you would literally start so many fights on Twitter by making that kind of comment. Or well, maybe it might start some fights on this. Right, go and feed your cats. Right, I'll be back. Right, well, well again, there's nothing happening in this game. Um, what have you made to the start of the season? This current season, I should say. It's been, it's been all right. It's been, I mean... It's been better than I expected it to be, to be honest. Mm. I mean, we've we should re- we should really be sitting on maximum points because Livingston was Livingston performance was an aberration, mm. and we should never we should never drop points at Hibs. But I mean, these things happen. You're never going to get through a season winning every single game. And no, no. That, but see, see with the Hibs result, did that. I mean, I was speaking before it, you know, saying we'd made a good start to the season and then Livingston happened and I slightly overreacted to the Livingston result, right? As soon as Livingston happened, I was shouting, oh, same old Rangers, blah, blah, blah. Did the Hibs result worry you at all? It did because we went behind them, but we're always going to have to lose goals because that's first mm-hmm. game, I was the first goal we'd lost. And then we got, we got ahead in the game. And traditionally, Rangers teams that go ahead stay ahead. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Hibs equalised, and we just couldn't put the game away, and and that wor- that worried me because I thought, well, that's the that's the start of conceding goals now. Mm-hmm. So if that continues, we're not scoring a lot. I've got no, I don't mind Rangers winning games one nothing, two nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a bit a bit nerve wracking, but ultimately you, you like the commanding game. We were only one nothing up, but was never really we were never really in danger of losing of like losing a goal because mm-hmm. the defence is so, is so good. But I thought after after a Hibs game, I thought, well, we might be starting to lose some goals here, so we'll need to score more, and we're not scoring an awful lot of goals. So that that was a bit worrying at the time. But I mean, we've we've certainly turned, we've certainly, 
you know, turned that back around. The defence has been really, really good. They seem to, the team, the team seem to really cherish clean sheets. You know, because they'll if you, every player that's interviewed after a, after a win that we don't concede in, they always emphasise. You know, it's another clean sheet. It's a clean sheet. The manager says it, it's a clean sheet. You know, not just that it's a win. They seem to. There seems to be a pride in getting clean sheets, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's the thing as well, talking about, about clean sheets and stuff. I think since Connor Goldson's came to the club, it's been he's been a bit like Martin. I don't know if you agree either. Love him or you hate him. Um, but this season, you've got to admit, you know, whoever's been beside him, he's been outstanding. Well, that's a penalty. I think I'm slightly ahead of you here, but that's a penalty. It's not a penalty. That's a that's a that's handball. Mm. It wasn't if you didn't give it, but. Oh, no, I think he's a good cup of coffee coming my way, is it? Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Here we go. That's just tremendous cup of coffee, lovely. Sorry, aye, got a goal, sir. Um, Definitely not a penalty. In, t- in today's football, that's a penalty. Aye, in today's football, I totally agree with you. Yeah, totally yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, seen that again. Put his arm out. He did that, Right, like, stuck his arm out, that's a penalty. Should have been a penalty. Right in front of the top, that cunt Johnson, right in front of him. Well, see, right there you go, that's two penalties we should have had in this game. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd imagine if the shoe was near the foot, there would be two or three days of papers full of, you know, oh, the refs cheating. <laughs> you can't say that, you'll end, up on a, you'll end up on a charge if you even suggest that it, could, that it was being given if it was going the other way. What did you make, a, what, actually, what did you make of Craig Thompson as a referee? I actually thought he was okay. He made a lot of mistakes, but it's, I think it would be fair to say he was kind of straight down the middle. You know, there was never a, a thought of bias for him. I didn't like him at all. Did you not like him? Oh, that's all. No, no. <laughs> no didn't like him at all. No. I mean, I mean, Scottish referees generally aren't very, aren't very good. No, they're not great, no. A lot of them looking back, you know, like I go, I can go back to guys like Brian McGinley, who you'll not remember. I thought Brian, McG- Brian McGinley was a poor ref. But then we've got guys like Dallas and realised how good McGinley actually was. Mm. And we've got the guys now who are that bad that Dallas looks like a good ref. And Dallas wasn't great. I see, obviously, you you were kind of, you were obviously going to Ibrox at the time when Hugh Dallas was refereeing. And there was a lot of people that used to say that, you know, oh, Hugh Dallas, he's a Rangers man, he's biased, he's this, he's that. But... Was he actually a was it was he a good ref? Was he a half decent ref, or was he just terrible? No, Dallas was, Dallas was looking back on it, he was okay at the time. We thought he was terrible, but I mean, I would swap Hugh Dallas for any any of the lot we've got now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what I mean, I mean, the guy showed he had a bit, of, he, had, he had some balls, and all when the when we, when we won the league, when we won, won the league in the East End in '99, he hit that coin and gave us a penalty. He, he just showed he had balls because he could have walked away from that, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think he had the cup final about three weeks later as well, which a lot of other refs would have gone, "No, get me out of that. I don't want any, any part of that." So that's Scott Brown coming off for Sun Young Key. Is that the boy that went down south? Went to Swansea yeah. or something? Yep. Decent player, the boy. Ah, I'm surprised they're taking Scott Brown after. Injured, I think he was injured. Oh, was he injured? How's your cats, Wally? Are they all right? They're absolutely delighted now that they've fed me, aye. 
And I just said that my team won 27 points to 17. But I got, I got my beer amaretto out for the New York Giants. Let's go, guys. Great win. Love it. Did you miss any, did you miss any pass downs or, or, or touches? Don't start slagging the American football, all right? Because people are allowed to like other things. All right? I love my football. But I love my American football as well. It's my Sunday night tradition. <laughs> I sit, I sit for six o'clock until eleven or twelve, like depending on when I fall asleep. I watch my American football every Sunday. So he's slagging it, all right. Listen, I watch the Super Bowl every year. I know, but there's like 16, 17, 18 games that lead up to that, though. So I know I'm a Chicago Bears fan myself. Well, how do you consider yourself a fan if you've only watched the Super Bowl? You're twat. But I'm not a supporter. I'm a fan. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, honestly, well, this is what you've agreed to, like to work through yeah. this man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting involved in any American football discussion because I don't know anything about it at all. Nah. That's, beca- nah, that's because I, I don't want to be controversial here, Wolf, right? But it's shit. I've got no opinion on it because I don't understand it. Hey. Because I've never, I've never tried to understand it. I remember watching. I remember watching the first, the first ever Super Bowl that was on Channel 4. I remember watching that. I think I'll give, I'll give this a go, see if I can get into it. It lasts an hour. I'm just fear, I'm just fear now in case there's like one American football fan that tunes into this, clips what I've just said, puts it all over Twitter, and I start getting hounded, man. Right. Well, I thought you were on the own Twitter anyway. Uh, well, I'm not, but the page is. Because no, nobody knows that I'm on that page, you know. Well, they're going to know now. No, they're going to know now. <laughs> but again, look, 66 minutes in, and absolutely hee-haw has happened. Or was he onside? Is, is Naismith onside? No, he's outside. Right, well, this is the sort of game that you could easily skip to, like, extra time now. I think what we're going to do is when it gets to full time, we'll skip to the second half of extra time. Really? Yes. Okay. Just to keep you happy, Wally. But I thought we scored in the first half of extra time. Well, I won't be skipping that. You twat. <laughs> I think we scored we think we scored quite quickly in the extra time. And this is the guy, right? I mean, like he said he did like research, right? He didn't even know when they scored the winning goal, Wolf. I mean, this is what you're up against, mate. I mean, this is this is the standard of quality we're having to fuck with here, mate. It's outrageous. Well, I'm sure he'll improve. We've got 25,000 people watching right now, so you know. How many beers have you had? 25? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Wild again. So that's just wasteful. Just so wasteful. I, I genuinely, the one that actually, genuinely one of the reasons why I picked this game was because it's one of the games that I've very, very rarely watched back. And the only time I ever have has been the 10, I think there's a nine or 10 minute highlight package on, on YouTube. So I thought, do you know what? International break, people have been fed up because there's a lot of fans that don't like international football. We'll do something nice, and I didn't realise just how shite this game was. <laughs> that wasn't great. Although, Big Yel- Yelovich is strong as fuck, isn't he? Oh, he was tremendous. I wish, I really, really wish we could have kept him a lot longer. Yeah, absolutely. Really he, wish. He wanted to go, but didn't he? 
he had he had to go because we needed the money. I know, I know. So I, know. I don't think he particularly wanted to go. He had to go. I think Jelovic is one of the guys though, because he done it to come to us, didn't he? That he kind of went on fucking like straight type thing to come to us. Uh, he didn't do he didn't tools in Austria because mm-hmm. he knew he was coming to us. I mean, Everton Everton got a bargain when they signed him. Well, it's just weird to think though that after this after this season the fucking shit hits the fan. Right. And is that our last major trophy? Well, did we decide that was I? I don't know. Will said he was going to go and check it. To be fair, it must have been pretty close. Well, what was it? What what month? What was this? Was twenty twenty? Is this 2011 or 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, 2011, that's that season fucking still hurts me. Yeah. I mean, we started the season so well, didn't we? Like we were playing some outrageously good football. We were twelve points clear. I know. About October, and then we played St. Martin Ibrox. They played Kilmarnock at Rugby Park, and they were—I think they were three and a half down at half time on the lunchtime game. Right. Right. I know because all the bears are getting excited. The Tims are three and a half down, and they pulled it back to three-three in the last minute. And we played St. Martin. And we were a goal up in stoppage time when, and we fucked about with it in the corner. Like Lafferty fucked about with it in the corner. And St. Mirren banged, banged it up the park and equalised. And that meant we were still 12 points clear. And at that time, there was rumours of uh, problems. And I I honestly believe if we had won that game and gone 15 points clear, we'd have gone into administration on the Monday morning and still been top of the league. Mm. And it could have been also so different. Yeah. Then, like, did Naismith not get a bad injury as well around about that point? In that aye, point? Naismith did, aye. You know, like, see, that... see, even though, see if we had won the league that year, but they don't still have got taken off? No, because no. Going, had we held out that game against the Mudden and gone, it was either 15 or 16 points clear, if we'd gone into administration on the Monday like we eventually did in the February, they'd have, taken, they'd have deducted 15 points, but we'd still have been top of the league. Mm. But by the time we got the 15 points deducted, it had already it had already started to crumble and fall about fall around about us, and the fifteen point deduction put us too far behind. We were never going to catch them. I can sit because the memory serves me right for that season. Because believe it or not, my my memories went blank for a lot of the the stuff that happened. I don't know if it's just trauma, but uh, Celtic had a few games in hand, didn't they? I'm sure Celtic had a few games in hand. Possibly. But I always, but that, but that, that Samaritan game sticks out in my mind because I remember thinking back on it when it all, when it all happened in the February, March, saying if we held out that Samaritan game, going into administration on the Monday, which was rumoured to be happening, would still have been top of the league, which means we were in a strong position to go on and win it. Whether we would or not, subjective. But, but yeah, like you're saying, right before all the the shit hit the fan that season, we were playing some really good football and. Uh, do you think what happened to us affected McCoy as a manager as well? Because he gets a bad rap for his, his management style and stuff like that. But like you say, that first season, we were playing some really good football. I, I mean, to me, when 
when when it all when, when what happened, it all happened. He had no support network in the book. Mm. He was basically doing it all himself. There was only he was doing he was doing everything. He was dealing with the press, trying to deal with the, the charlatans that were trying to rob the club. He was trying to deal with staff. He was he was doing absolutely everything. And if it wasn't for the fact we had a Rangers man as strong as him, I don't think we'd still be here. To be perfectly honest, I think it was McCoyst and Sandy Jordan, man, that saved the club. Aye, I think so, yeah. Aye, so 73 minutes gone, and I hate to repeat myself, Willie, but nothing has happened. <laughs> no, I think even just get back to Will's point, I mean, I'm talking about Ali for a minute or two. Nobody blames like, Ali for, like, especially that League Two season, you know, the bottom division, we basically were under an embargo and we had to put a, put a team together in a very short, sustained period of time. So we were adding guys that, let's be honest, but very few of us had heard of them. But they did enough. And like Andy Little had an excellent season. He scored mm-hmm. a lot of goals for us. Uh, Barry Mackay obviously came into the first team. You know, your Lewis McLeod, your Fraser Ayrton and guys like that started to show. But if, if the people that were running the club then had a structure in place, the club would have been in a far better place far quicker. But that wasn't the case. So when we went into League One, obviously Ali had been out and he'd signed some guys who did well in Scotland. But it was never like a long-term view. Like we were only looking at something that was like one year down the line. It was just, we're signing guys for the now. Mm-hmm. And then like that championship season when he signed like Boyd and Miller, most days were excited by that, but mm-hmm. we also accepted that these two players were only the players they were in their prime. And so that day against Hearts when we played them at Ibrox and we equalised late on, but then Hearts went straight up the pitch and made it 2-1. That mm-hmm. kind of summed up that season. Aye. You know, and I think in the end, like, change was needed because Ali, he looked mentally and physically drained and something had to change at that point. And that was obviously, like, you know, like, King come in and the three Bears were there and they ousted Ashley and all these other guys who were just taking money out of the club left, right and centre. And for all, like, like Mark Warburton come in, obviously when he left, people were a bit annoyed the way that he left, but Mark Warburton did a phenomenal job that next yeah. season that championship because that was some of the best football that I've seen Rangers play. And I know people could talk about it being the championship, but how we played that season was, it was exciting to watch. You know, at that first game at Easter Road, when, I mean, like, you couldn't write the script for that first game at Easter Road. And that, <laughs> Six two. I mean, that was mental. I mean, they like, scored first, I think, didn't they? They, they scored first. Yeah. And then, like, Dav scored, and then we took the lead. And then I think we went, was it no free one? And then they scored a penalty. And then we went on to score another three goals. But, I mean, that team... Oh, that's a high boot. I mean, that was a crazy kind of time that as well, because like, we literally went out and rebuilt a whole team under Warburton mm-hmm. in that championship season. We, in Christ, we had, like, Aladdin Hope come in as trialists. Yeah. You know, and then we ended up signing them. And let's be honest, like, nobody had really heard of Tav. You know, like, Wycorn was sort of well-known, because I think, I think a club had paid, like, four or five million for Wycorn, like, a couple of years previously. So he was at least known. But a lot of the other guys, you were sitting going... I have no idea who he is. Jay, just just before I come to Wycombe, oh, that's a oh, 
who was that? Cooper's maybe should have scored there. Um, I like to go back, Wolf, to speak a wee tiny bit about McCoyst and, and pick up on something Wally said was that job aged him tremendously, didn't it? That that guy was under so much pressure. Of course he was. I mean, he, like, as I said earlier, he was doing everything. He was dealing with all 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 the stuff that was coming. He was dealing with with the press and he was dealing with the the, the various boards and guys that were guys that were coming in and the, and he was, the players and he was, he was basically doing absolutely everything himself. And I know that's what used to happen back in the, the sort of sixties and seventies. The manager was was the man that did everything at the club. But that was that was different days. There wasn't social media. There wasn't the same media scrutiny. Um, a stronger man. I, 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 somebody not as strong as Ali would. We just have walked away. And went, ah, fuck this. I don't need this aggravation in my life. Because mm. you know, it's it's noticeable that that once he left us, he's not come back into football. Mm-hmm. In any in any capacity, he's not gone as an advisor or a or a coach or a manager. Nothing. He's he's gone back in. He's, he's doing stuff in the press, and he seems to be loving life again. To be fair, that's that's what he's good at. That that kind of. I mean, question a sport when he left it. I don't think anybody watched it after he left that, you know? Well, the, but, thing, the thing with McCoyst, sorry, the thing with, with McCoyst, I mean, I know people, obviously a lot of people that aren't Rangers fans, but they all love McCoyst. They all think he's a great guy. You know, even people that aren't interested in football, they saw that, mm-hmm. Ali McCoyst. Mm-hmm. Game on the telly, question of sport, doing this, doing that. Cracking guy, seems, seems to be a life and soul of the party. So his it's charisma carries him through. Yeah. How do you think Wally McCoyst will be remembered by Rangers supporters? I think obviously Wolf mentioned it earlier, it'll depend a little bit on what age you are and what era you grew up in, but for the all round, how do you think McCoyst will be remembered? Yeah, look, just a wee kind of, kind of tiny kind of bit to that. I mean, I'm 38, so like, I grew up pretty much in the Sunnis era. You know, that's like some of my kind of early memories of like the Sunnis era. So to me, like growing up, like yeah, Ali was one of my heroes. You know, quite simply, you know, he was the man that was scoring all the goals and he seemed to be all the papers with, like, different women every weekend and, you know, and end of the day, like, the guy was Scotland's best striker. You know, he was running in boots and everything. I mean, he was, he was one of the top players in European football back then. You know, literally, his ability to score goals was unbelievable. You know, mm-hmm. you couldn't actually put down just how important his goals were season in. I mean, was it no something like 45, 50 goals a season he was nearly averaging Wolf at one point? Aye, well, he won his, well, he won his, he won his back-to-back golden boots Aye. with 40-odd 40, 40 goals, you know, Aye. two seasons. I mean, that's, to be the leading goal scorer in Europe, yeah. winning in Scotland is incredible. And to do it two years in a row is just out of this world. I mean, well, it was also one of those seasons that he won it he missed the last six or seven weeks or something with a broken leg. That was a Portugal uh, game. Thing, yeah. So he won the Golden Boot, missing part of the season with a broken leg. And the big thing with that as well, though, is, is when you played in Scotland, did you not only get a point for scoring a goal, but if you played in Spain or Italy or England, you get 1.5? Oh, I don't know. They started doing something like that. Uh, Aye. I don't it might have been after that that they started doing that, but they started messing about with it. I mean, a goal's a goal's a goal. It doesn't matter. You know, but like the league in Spain was of a higher standard, and if you scored a goal, it was worth more than a point. And yeah. McCoy's ability to score goals was sensational. But I mean, just going back to your previous point, for me, eh, Ali will always be one of my heroes. That will never change. Nothing in his managerial 
time in charge. Changes my opinion on that. I'll forever, you know, love him for the goals that he scored, for the celebrations, for the moments of joy and all the happiness that he brought a lot, a lot of Rangers fans. So that that will never change for me. Maybe for the younger generation that only seen him manage in the lower leagues and seen what he had to get through. You know, I you know, well spot on. There's there's many other men out there that would have walked away a long time before McCoy did with the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. Well, one of his big things when he, he came out and he says, we don't do walking away, didn't he? And then I think that, that was a big thing because of all that gardening leave stuff, well, wasn't it? I, mean, the, I mean, we don't do walking away. It was, it was just a, it was just a throwaway comment. He just said, mm-hmm. said during, during the interview, towards the end of the interview. And it just seemed, it seemed to resonate, it seemed to stick. And... I mean, the Garden and Leaf thing was was very strange because it was announced the day we played Queen of the South. That was weird, wasn't it? Because we played Queen of the South on a Friday night in December in Dumfries. And it got announced, I think, that lunchtime or early afternoon. Right. And we still went on. We got beat. We were, te- we were terrible that night. Ah, oh, we were stinking. We could beat think 2 nothing. We were terrible that night. Might be 3 now. We were terrible. And we just didn't know what was happening with the club. And it turned out that he was still on the books. Like you say, he was on he was on gardening leave, and we just I, well, I, I personally I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have a clue what was going on with him. Mm-hmm. So he just uh, got rid of him, you know. And then, you know, Kenny McDowell took the reins. He didn't want the job. No, I mean he was he was on right. Like, Look, I don't I don't want this, but he took it, you know. And then it just obviously he still had the spectre Ali sitting in the, sitting in the background. The thing that that didn't do him any favors was the salary he was reputed to be on. Yeah, but. I mean, the way I've always said to people, look, if your your gaffer goes to you and says, look, this is this is what I'm going to pay you, and this is the plans we've got, and we can afford to pay you this, you're going to say, ah, you're going to say, ah, just give me it. You know, if it's if it's any of the three of us, we're going to say, well, I thanks very much. I'll I'll work for that. Mm-hmm. You know, because we don't know the promises he was made. Mm-hmm. But listen, a really strange substitution in the game there. Um, Begueras came off and Kyle Hutton's came on. Now, I don't know if Begera picked up an injury or, or what there, Wally, but Begera for Hutton? Or Hutton for Begera? For memory, I think it was a niggle. I think he picked up an injury and we didn't have any other centre-backs because we were already playing three centre-backs that day. So I don't think we had anybody else to bring off the bench. So Kyle ended up coming on. So who's slotted into centre-back then? Is it Whitaker? slotted into centre-back, didn't he? The Whitaker logo inside. What position did Whitaker no play for us? <laughs> I think he played as a striker one night in the cup, so probably everywhere on the pitch, to be honest, at one point or another. I mean, Whitaker was he was a freak really. Mm. And uh, his versatility actually was so good. You know, so I think we spoke previously and like, other things talking about like sort of Ross McCrory's versatility mm. has has made him have a difficult early start to his career because he obviously he came through as a centre back. He started off as a centre-back in the first team. He moved into hold the midfield, but he can also play right-back. Like Recently, he's played at full-back for Aberdeen, full-back for, for Scotland and central midfield. Whitaker, for all his versatility, he still managed to play in the team pretty much every single game. Barely was a full-back, a midfield player, you know, a winger. I mean, he was freakish, and he scored a ridiculous amount of goals. Mm-hmm. He's a bit like Tavernier, like not to the same extent as Tavernier, but he had that ability to get you, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten goals. He just, and he was a really clean striker of a ball. 
And yet again, like he should really be remembered a lot more fondly than he is because of what happened, obviously, at the end. But yeah, like Stephen was a really, a really, really good player. And when we signed him and Kevin Thompson, I was excited because I thought both of them are really good players. But that was just, that was the thing at that time. Hibs were just bringing through player after player after player. Um, but just just touching on that Kyle Hutton uh, substitute. Well, for you, are you a bit surprised that after what happened, happened that uh, Kyle Hutton never kind of really made any impact at Rangers? Um, at the time, yes. But looking, oh, but looking, it should have been a goal, Joe Ledley. But looking, but looking, but looking back on it, uh, the way not not to have a not to have a go at Ali, but you know the, the way that, that he sort of ran the team, as Billy said earlier, we didn't do anything looking at the future, because really coming through the lower divisions, guys like Kyle Hutton. Uh, Lewis McLeod, all these guys, they should have been playing uh, Robbie Crawford, they should have been 50, 60 games under their belt for Rangers before we even got got back as far as the championship mm-hmm. you know, but he didn't he signed, he signed jobbers like Ian Black and guys like that oh, just yeah. to get us in we didn't need guys like that to beat the teams that we were playing mm-hmm. we, should have, we should have had that, and okay you'll never win anything with kids as they say, but we should have had four or five kids in the team every week, you mm-hmm. know, getting them experience would still, would still have would still have won the leagues. I mean, I mean, the one that's ridiculous for me was from the one was at League Two at the time. The second, the second bottom tier, whatever they called it, they kept changing the names. When we went unbeaten, right? Who actually cares that we went unbeaten? No, no, no. you know, we, we should have been we should have been playing guys like like Kyle Hutton. They should have had loads and loads of games for us, and it would have helped. It would have helped us probably get out of the championship quicker. Get back, oh, definitely, get, we, definitely. You no, know, there'd be a stock show there. And it would also go forward and made the club some money mm-hmm. because these guys would have had the experience where we'd have been able to sell them on rather than just releasing them and letting them go. I mean, that's some... a great point there, Fee Wolf, because like, so that League One season in particular, it's like sort of John Daly basically was playing on like one leg at times because he was injured. Mm-hmm. And because we wanted to do the unbeaten thing, he kept putting John Daly in the team. But John Daly Aye. did have move at one yeah. point towards the end of that season. And yet he was playing them, and you were like, just give the guy a rest. You look at I mean, I see to most supporters, the unbeaten thing wasn't really that important. No. Basically, let's get out of this division and let's get out of the championship. That was what everybody was like, let's just get out of here and let's get to the championship. Everything else was irrelevant because yeah. nobody really cared. I mean, 50,000 people turning up at Ibrooks and a midweek to watch like Rangers against O'Fenlon in League One was, it was mental. You know, you did, and the game we finished two nothing, and you go away and go, yeah, that was shit. But it was two nothing, and that was you closer to winning the league because like Dunfermline were like one of the few teams that were like going to challenge you in the odd game. You know, and it was it was a strange time to be a supporter. It was weird. So, yeah. I was. I, do you know what helped me during that time? I was living in Gloucester. I was living right down south, so I was away for the whole. Uh, the feeling and the mentality that a lot of Rangers supporters would have had in and around Glasgow. But just going quickly back to this game, Wolf, and the last kind of four or five minutes, it's kind of been all Celtic. And they had a corner there a couple of minutes ago, and Joe Ledley's got to score that. He should have scored that, but it was Joe Ledley, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't remember Joe Ledley's being particularly that good a player, but he seemed he seemed to come on eh, it was it was after after then you know, later on than this, after he left Celtic, the Joe Ledley seemed to become a lot of a player. 
It was Crystal Palace or something they went to win it. Was it something like that? Crystal I mean, whether it coincided with growing that stupid beard he had or not, I don't know. But <laughs> you know, he seemed to, he seemed to, he certainly seemed to get a lot more a lot more good press and do do a lot more after he left them. Yeah. At this time, I don't think Joe, I, Joe Lennon was just was just a jobber. He was just a, a shirt filler, I think. See, we Celtic were quite smart at that point. They were bringing in a lot of guys using like the Bosman. So like Osmondley uh, come in, they signed the boy Matthews for Cardiff as well. So they were quite smart and that they were using the system probably better than we were. Whereas I think now... Oh, great tackle. We were look right through Samaras. Like our like, transfer business now, everything's like three months, six months, a year down the line. Like You listen to Ross Wilson and you've got to be impressed with how he looks at things and how we're building our structure now. You know, you listen to him on that... I think it was about a week ago he was in Rangers TV and he also did like the kind of free view one for about 20 minutes he's talking about yeah. but how everything's going to change and how he's changed things and this is the model. And you can see it now. You know, you look at the change in the last year, you know, like the small additions to the squad, we've obviously upgraded our scouting network. A lot of things are getting looked at now. You look at like, let's be honest, but right, when we signed Joe Aribo, how many guys actually knew that much about Joe Aribo? I'd never heard him. I'd you know, never heard him. Yeah, again, like this was all put in place even before Ross Wilson was. I mean, like, I know there was a lot of criticism of Mark Allen and stuff like that, but the system was getting implemented and that we were going to look at younger players who could develop into better players. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Rebo's one of those guys. Getting Joe Rebo for like a couple of hundred grand for these cross border transfers is possibly going to be some of our best business. Mm-hmm. And, like, was well, getting Glenn Kamara for 50 grand? And then like bringing Stephen Davis back up the road for free, you know, like, all these transfers are going to like work out long term because you always need experience. You need that, that like, you know, like, a good group of players. You can have young players, middle aged players, and then older players to guide them. So with Davis and McGregor in this team, they've won things with Rangers. They understand what it means to win things. Mm-hmm. So that experience is massive. And there's now like a lot of leaders within the group. You look at like Goldson, Tavernier. You know what, they're prepared to go that extra mile now to win a game of football. Hmm. And like right. the leader as well. You know, he's turned into a leader, Ryan Kent. I think he's he's one of those guys now when he's at it, we're so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean we're talking about Connor Goldson earlier on and I didn't really answer, answer the question you asked me, Martin, about about Goldson. I think he's come on. Sorry, I'm getting used to that now, Will. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> we're off on a, a wee tangent. I think well, I think that the problem we had with Goldson when he first signed was he hardly played any football, yeah. you know, because of his heart issues and stuff at Brighton. He, he, his first season for us, he played he played more more games then than he had in the previous two or three years. Yeah, and that takes a lot of getting used to. But he's used to it now. He's used to the game. Mm-hmm. He's used to playing every week, and he, he seems to be one of these players that wants to play. Yeah, because I'm sure, you know, the manager said to him at some games, "Look, are you want to, you know, you want the afternoon off? Can we stick you on the bench? Just like, let me play. I just want to keep playing." Mm-hmm. She's one of these players that just he, rel- he relishes playing games, you know. And there's he, he's he's come on leaps and bounds, and he is he is a leader. I mean, you can hear him because there's no crowd in, you know. You, you can hear him shouting all the time, and you know re- he really organises the defence because there's no point in in, in leaving Taft to organise the defence because he's always up the other end. He's always, <laughs> he's up- I just want to quickly pick up on this game. Um, there's a minute to go, and I would say for the, at least the last kind of ten minutes, it's been all Celtic. But is that would you say were a typical Walter Smith tactics? Um, sit back, 
soak up the pressure and then break? At times, yes. At times, you know, like Walter Smith. When he could just really it. very quickly say as well, Kyle Lafferty off and Vladimir Weiss on, and obviously that proves to be rather important. Yeah, look, I mean, like Walter wasn't silly. You know, this wasn't like the team that he had previously. This wasn't when you had Gascoins and Loudrops and Goffs and Ian Ferguson's. So you had to have a, a slightly different style. You know, like, I mean, sometimes when we went to Parkhead, we would just give Loudrop the ball and expect him to do something magical. Mm. Well, there were some nights we were on the back foot against Celtic at Parkhead. Gorham was making great saves. John Brown's flying across, putting his body on the line. Goff's getting kicked in the face and he's getting the bandage on and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like Loudrop would get the ball 20 yards out and just whip it. And you're one nothing up and you're sitting going, all right, that's, that's, that's fine, that'll do. <laughs> and that was how it was. And, like, and then, like, the last 10 minutes, Celtic would like barrage the box and Gorham mm-hmm. was making reflex saves that nobody in the world should be able to get to and you know that was like Walter Smith's like idea and it worked so 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 often it was ridiculous I mean there wasn't many times Wolf that we went to Parkhead and we were comfortable just just be, just before just before we bring Wolf in very last kick of the ball Vladimir Weiss has won a free kick and he's just about to take it and it hits the wall and there you go full time so one each Wolf it's, if I'm being brutally honest, if I had known that the game was going to be like this, I wouldn't have picked it to do a watch along. But with, <laughs> looking back in a game that you haven't watched for a long time, what did you make it? Oh, it was brutal. Brutal. I it was brutal, wasn't it? I mean, I knew, I knew that there was, I knew that the goal, the goals came in the first half of the game, and then second half, nothing, nothing really happened because I don't remember. Even though I've never watched it back, I don't remember any, you know, great saves or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, thinking, you know, you get games, you think, oh, somebody missed a penalty last minute, or there was a great save here or there. I don't remember anything of that. You know, and it's not a game really that anybody talks about. No, no, it's not. I mean, there's games that we've that we've had even older games than this that people talk that people will talk about. McCoy's getting a hat trick against Celtic in the League Cup final in '83, '84. Things like that because you've got th- it's memorable. There's nothing memorable about this apart from what's going to happen in the next few minutes. Which is why I picked the game, William. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, it's it's um, you can definitely pick a better game. I don't think I I don't think there's any debate now. You know, if we do another one of these, I think you should put a wee bit more effort and thought into the process and maybe let the rest of the guys know what game you're picking, and especially at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night, you know, maybe there could have been a bit of better focus, but look, it's okay. it's great to watch these games back, because, like, the memories come flooding back, mm-hmm. I mean, in past years, I've watched games from, like, the late 80s, the 90s, and for some reason, it, like, stimulates your brain to remember stuff, mm-hmm. I mean... How can you remember something that happened like 20, 25 years ago at a football match? You see, when you watch it, you start to remember things. And you it's do, aye. Aye. That and a bit like Wolf, you know, that travelled out of Scotland watching the team for many years and turning up in random places and nearly falling down a hill against Berry Rangers one night because you had to go up a wee, a wee grass verse to get to the porta potties 
So on the way back down for the toilet, Annie like slid and went head first into the side of the boardings. I'd have paid to watch her. All these daft places that you end up and you wonder, what the fuck am I doing here? And I sat <laughs> X amount of hours on a bus. I mean, I used to hate going to Aberdeen. I, I detested going to Aberdeen because you always played them early. But then all of a sudden, I think it was like Satanta made it a half past five kickoff. So like you're sitting, you're sitting all day waiting, and then the bus leaves at like midday, sometimes earlier, depending on if the guys wanted to go to the pub. So you went down to the harbour, get absolutely obliterated, somehow made it into the game after about four body searches <laughs> into Petrolery and the worst view possible in this wee corner where you can barely see anything. And then when Rangers score, it's like exhilaration. And then you forget the rest of the time until Rangers score again. And then you forget it again. Then Rangers score. Then you leave. And then you think, shall get three and a half hours to get back down the road? <laughs> well, listen, I know that feeling very, very well. Because for me, quite unfortunately, due to the job that I've had since I was 18, I've never been able to get a season ticket to go to the Ibrox because I've always worked on the days that Rangers have been playing. But I've, I've been a coach driver for 12 years now, 13 years. And when I was working with a certain company, who obviously I won't name, um, I always got to do a Rangers bus. I always got to drive a Rangers bus. And you would go to Aberdeen, you'd go to Dundee, you'd go to Kilmarnock. And I'd always be one guy on the coach who was too steaming to go to the game and I always get his ticket. So it was great. <laughs> so I've got to travel to all these grounds. And no pipe to get in and know how to pay to get there. Neil Wolf is the worst trip ever. Neil Wolf's actually coming down from Aberdeen to Glasgow every second. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, now you know how it feels for us. For that's standard for us every game. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess think like, see when you start going to the football, you don't really have a concept of how it is. You know, I mean, it was obviously a lot easier 15, 20 years ago when it because everybody got tickets. You know, you'd 8,000 at Parkhead, you were getting massive amount of tickets for, for Tanadice and Tynecastle and Easter Road. Like, you could basically pick up a ticket at any game mm-hmm. you wanted to. There was never a hassle. Cup finals were only a problem. You know, it was like... So the game's changed a lot, but like, I grew up with so many great memories. Like, all, all the guys have my supporters, but I joined the a supporters club and had a great time. You know, like, sort of growing up with, you know, the banter, the talk about the football, the singing coming back during the road because the guys were a bit worse for wear alcohol-wise, you know. And I mean, I think I think when we won the league one night, we started singing a Queen song or something like that for about an hour and a half on the way back down the road in the bus. And like these are memories that you wouldn't get in any other walk of life, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, because like football brings everybody together. And I'm still friends with a lot of guys now just because, you know, just because of Rangers. And a lot of these guys, you would never ever meet them in your life if you weren't interested in football. I mean, the European trips at Wolf, Wallace and oh. the a few times, I mean, spoke to Wolf over in Denmark when we were in the same hotel, where yeah. um, I had like the pull-out bed, so that was fun at night where the guys were trying to pull the bed out after coming in, having a few drinks, and um, so like these things are great, and like guys that do the trips, it's, it's special, you know, because you get to meet a lot of guys who are you know, like genuine supporters, like guys who, mm-hmm. who follow the club everywhere. Are you not fans, Wally supporters? I will ask you what you say, mate. <laughs> uh, but, but listen, but we'll, we'll come back to that in a wee second. But, huh? um, well, if I just want to ask, 
everybody remembers Vice from this game for obviously that pass through for Jelovic. But actually, since he's come on, he has made some difference. He has, eh? Yeah, and he's he's he, he was a he was a cracking player. He really mm-hmm. was. Um, it would have been good, again. He's one of these players. It'd been good to possibly keep him um, for long for longer than we had him. But then there was all there was always there. Well, Vice is coming back. Vice is coming back. All that sort of stuff. You know what I mean, it's, I mean, he's still playing now. Aye. Oh, oh you've got to say that's some that's some save in it. Yeah. It's gone the wrong way, isn't it? I forgot about that save. That is some save. What's it done here? He's Mielovic has hit it. The big it's deflection, a, boom. What a save. Off the wall. That's a good, good stop. And that's hard for you to say, Wolf, isn't it? No, it's a good stop. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's entirely the wrong way. And he just flaps a hand at it. Aye, it was a, it was a good save. Before the, before the end of this game as well, um, no, the now. Um, I want to get your opinions on Scotland because I know that Will's dying to talk about Scotland. So we'll get your opinions a wee bit later on, Will. Just But but actually, Will, that's that's actually a fair shout because I mean I was born in Glasgow, raised in Glasgow, now I live in Lanarkshire. Um, so if I ever need to go to Ibrooks, it's only 15-20 minutes down the motorway for me now. So do you drive to Ibrooks or do you get a supporters bus? It varies. Does it very when I first moved up here, I didn't drive, so I always went to the supporters bus. Mm-hmm. Then I passed my driving test. And I used to drive it. I used to drive to every game home and away for about 20 years. Oof. Every single game home and away, two, three times a week. It was brutal. Always in a car full of guys. Because as Willie said, in those days, getting tickets was a cake. I mean, it was always easy enough to get tickets. So it was easy enough to say to guys, look, take the car down. Who's coming with me? We'll just fill the car and away we go. Mm-hmm. And then... I had kids start taking my kids to the game. Years ago, and I, and I, and I realised that um, I'm spending all day with my kids, but they're looking at the back of my head because I'm driving the car and they're sitting in the back seat. So we started taking the train. Just, be, just before you, you finish that off, there's a boffy vice through to Yelovich. How does that go in? A great finish. That's how does that finish. spin in? Incredible, isn't it? Incredible how that spins in. Madness. You know. Can you remember your reaction to that in the day, Wolf? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't actually see it again. I saw it hit the post. Because I was in, I said, I was, I was kind of side on it. And it, I saw it, I remember it hitting the post and it's spinning along the line. And I fully expected it to come back out. And then all of a sudden, in, the Rangers then just went absolutely mental. And that is it. I mean, see, like if you go to any of these games, Sometimes in the game you don't actually see the ball hitting the back of the net, like especially yeah. at Parkhead. I mean, see the amount of times I've missed a goal at Parkhead is ridiculous because somebody just like jumps on you. It's even somebody jumps on you, feel like the row behind. You just go <laughs> forward. You don't oh, even see the ball hitting the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's, there's, loads, there's loads of grounds like that. I know. Madness. I mean, like back in the day when when you had like eight thousand Rangers fans in the corner at Parkhead. I mean, I think like, the biggest roar or the biggest madness I remember was the night that. Rod Wallace scored the goal. Mind Alberts missed a penalty. Yeah. And it was absolutely tearing a rain the whole night. I came straight from my work, I think, from memory. And Celtic pummeled us that night at times. But then when Wallace scored, I lost my glasses. I think my glasses went about three rows in front. And I had about six guys were kissing me. And it was, I was on the ground at one point. And it's like, you can't explain like that feeling. You know, like obviously, I would guess for other people that like having a 
you know, a child's obviously like a massive excitement, that buzz. But the football's a different buzz. You can't really explain it to people that don't go. It's like mm-hmm. when that yeah. ball hits the back of the net in the big games, it's it's a special feeling. You know, yeah. it really is. Uh, one, of, I mean, one of the best for me at, at Parkhead, it was actually, it wasn't even a goal. It was them missing a penalty. Mm. Back in the day, the, it, was, uh, it, was the old, it was the old Parkhead. There was about 18,000 of us crammed in on the terrace and behind the goal. And we hadn't won there in oh, fucking forever. Yeah, that's true. And we were, we were, we were 2-1 up and they got, they got a penalty with about five minutes to go. And I'm sure it was Joe Miller that took it. And keeper saved it. And the rebound came straight back to him and he ballooned it over the bar. And I don't think, I don't think I've ever been on a Rangers end going so mental. It was just, because we knew then we were going to win the game. Mm-hmm. We hadn't won there for so long. It was, it was chaos. Absolute fucking chaos. Well, talk, talking about, uh, well, knowing that you're going to win, seeing on an occasion like this, we've just went 2-1 up. There's five minutes plus the second half of extra time. But are you thinking to yourself, listen, Walter Smith's the manager, we've went 2-1 up. There's no way they're going to score again, or are you shitting yourself? Shitting myself. <laughs> Absolutely shitting myself. No, it's really so- hard. It's really hard, Wally, but into it when you're watching these games back, obviously there's no emotion in it because A, you know the the outcome and it was so long ago. But thinking back to the time when you're actually watching that, you're shaking yourself, aren't you? I'm not really like a really nervous person, but see, before any games against Celtic, you always feel nervous because mm-hmm. you don't know if it's coming. I mean, the beauty park Ed, where like we've lost like five one and six two, we really, really, really good Rangers teams, mm-hmm. and yet we went to park Ed, we like guys missing and struggling with injuries, and you come away with a one 0 win. So you don't know, like it's it's strange when you go to these games. It's just like the feeling of excitement, but you're worried, the mm-hmm. tension. Then like you in the ground like half an hour before the game starts and there's already singing going on and people are bouncing about the place and you know it's weird it's 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 hard to explain to people who have never been to like the away end at like Parkhead or Petodre especially back in the day like so I mean like especially when you're talking about like the big away supports that we used to have back then it was crazy I mean. Even trying to get into the ground at Parkhead, that was a hassle trying to get into the ground at Parkhead because you were shunted into this tiny wee corner. And see yeah. if you had to go through the gates to get into the wee tiny bit where like the police segment bit is underneath. You were getting crushed in and like the horses are, are getting frightened and they're getting pushed towards you and there's guys trying to get in with fake tickets and all that stuff. And well there was guys trying to squeeze in with one ticket with like two people and it was madness, madness, but like you love the days, absolutely brilliant. I like you say, well, I mean, people people that haven't done it don't understand it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, they really, they really don't. I mean, even, I mean, I mean, even, even now, you know, people say, why, why did you still go? Why did you go during all those bad times and all that? I mean, during what they what they call the banter years, it was easy for me because because my my wee one was get, right getting into Rangers in, yeah. mm-hmm. and she wanted to go every week, so I was always going to go anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'd been to most of the grounds that we visited for youth games or just to go to games of football. There was only four or five I hadn't done before our journey back started. But she wanted to go. So I took her to all the games. And it was easy for me. Motivation thing. You know? And so that's what I say to people. It was easy for me because the Wayne wanted to go. But the only people that ask are people that don't understand. They don't know. They don't know what to go. You know, I mean, folk that maybe only go to home games don't know what it's like to go away. They've been to the other way game. 
I mean, it's like going abroad. You know what, Willie, because you've, you've done it the same as I have, over and over. Once you go abroad once, you want to go back. You can't wait to go back the next time. I think, though, to be fair, for a lot of people, well, though, for a lot of people, the going abroad thing, they just can't afford it. Oh, it's, absolutely. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that it's 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 a lot cheaper now than it used to be with mm-hmm. the low-cost airlines and stuff like that. But it's not, I mean, the, the football's, when you go abroad, the football's really a sideshow. Yeah. Football usually, football usually ruins it because Rangers don't generally get great results abroad. <laughs> Recently we have done, but previously we haven't, right? It's, you meet, you meet the same people, you get, you, you get cracked. I mean, I, I meet guys abroad that I never see at games in Scotland, but I know they're at, I know they're at the game. Aye. I never see them. Aye. Every time abroad, always see them. You know? And it's just, just the crack you get. And for me, I, bizarre, I, or quite, I, I actually enjoy organising the trips. Yeah. You know, how do you go? And that's the other thing that amazes me is the way people go. I mean, it's, some people say, right, we'll just go with a travel club. It's nice and easy. They'll fly us in, pick us up, fly us out, all that magic. Other folk will go as direct as they can. And Martin, as you say, it's, it's for a lot of people, it's finance. For me, mm-hmm. I try to do it as cheaply as I can. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's all around the house. Sometimes we're two, two, three, and four flights via all sorts of places to get to where we're going. But you always get, you know. And it's also, to, it's also well, though, getting the time off your work to do it as well. Well, I, I mean, I'm, well, when I'm when I'm in a situation now, as I say, I'm not working tomorrow because I've got a week off mm-hmm. right? because I've got all these to use up because we've not been able to go, you know. I mean, I've got, I've got basically most of my holiday entitlement for the year to use up in the next three weeks because I haven't been away in Europe. Aye. Because you, you, you use your holidays for going away to Europe? Aye, I mean, I don't, I don't see, you know, there's folk that religiously will take two weeks in the summer because mm-hmm. they go away with their family. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I take two or three days to go away with Rangers whenever, whenever we're in Europe. And we got, we got Braga and then obviously everything stopped. Aye. So I should you know, I should just say that's half time and extra time. Uh, I really wish I hadn't picked this game. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> the report for the first half of extra time was really good goal, brilliant pass for Vice. Well, a fantastic finish for Yelovich. How it goes in, I'll never know. But again, nothing's happening. No, look, I mean, like, so just looking back at the game, obviously, it is, it's not been a great game of football, really. But it very much comes up, you know, like what the games were like at times back then. You know, like, neither team were prepared to give an inch, and that was just how it was. It was always that kind of combative style of football. But, I mean, there was quality on the pitch. I mean, I, I just spoke about earlier on. I mean, when you look at, like, our front three or four players, like, those players were causing Celtic a lot of problems. But then you've also look at the other side of it. Like we changed our shape that day, like to allow like, us to almost like kind of take the pressure a wee bit, and that allowed us to then like counter attack a wee bit quicker. And then when you've got something like Yelovich, who at that point was really prolific in front of a goal. You know, like he only needed one or two chances, uh, and one of them ended up scoring the goal. But I mean, even just going back to Walt's point, like sort of really quickly about the. I'm Europe, just going to say, Willie, I'll need you to take the reins for two minutes because I've got to go. And sort something out. I'll be back in two minutes. So That's all right. I mean, but also we're talking about the European trips. I think it's very much open to debate as to what's the best thing to do with these things. And I mean, I've done a wee bit of everything. I've done the days trips to Luxembourg because I didn't have any enough holidays to use it. 
I've done the same as well, where like you try and find the, the cheapest way of doing it, or other times we've tried to find the most direct route. I think for everybody, they've just got a different different idea of what's best for them. But see, as long as you get to the game and you get to have a bit of banter with your mates on a lot of the trips, for me, that's always the biggest thing, you know? No, of course it is. I mean, a, a lot of the time, w- with me, it's it's um, it's very similar to yourself, Willie. You know, it's it depends a lot on, the, on where it is as well. Of course. You know, I mean, living, living, in, Am- living in Aberdeen is a nightmare going anywhere because we've got a, an international airport that doesn't actually fly anywhere. Yeah. You know, you've got to go via, via London or via Paris or via uh, Amsterdam or go down to Glasgow or Edinburgh yeah. to, f- to fly out with, with the low costs. Yeah. I mean, we've been all around the houses, all, we've also been direct, you know, and so, sometimes you're, you're there for a couple of days, other times you're there for a couple of hours, but as long as you get to the, get, get yeah. the crack, you know. Yeah, that was a bit like us, when we did oh. the portal trip, we were up early on the day of the game, so I think because of the guy that I go to like a lot of the trips with, he picked me up at like four o'clock in the morning and we drove to Edinburgh. And then we went from Edinburgh to London and then we had a couple of hours wait there and then we went from London direct to Oporto. But yeah. we were basically in Oporto for about maybe 12 hours maximum. Yeah. And then straight after the game, we were on a minibus. We drove to Vigo in Spain because it was just over the border. We got yeah. about two hours sleep in a hotel in Vigo, and then we went Vigo Airport, which had about two flights a day in it. And we flew to Madrid, and then we think we went to like Madrid to somewhere else, and then somewhere else back into Edinburgh. I mean, we were basically we basically spent something ridiculous, like thirty thirty two hours traveling all in, and I think we made about four hours sleep. It was I mean, you just wouldn't do that for anything else. It was. It was Man, so- I mean, well, that's, I mean, that, that's it. That's the important trip. We went. I was working in the morning. It was the, the holidays thing. I had to work in the morning. So in the after in the afternoon, I took a train down to Edinburgh. Uh, flew from Edinburgh to Toulouse. Right. We got to Toulouse at the back end of midnight. Had a hotel in Toulouse for two or three hours. It was one of these things that it's a it's a self service check in right. after nine o'clock. And 90% of the flight were Rangers fans. And they were all staying in the same hotel. So it was just a queue of folk trying to eat, work, this, work this thing out. Uh, s- seven o'clock in the morning with a flight from Toulouse to Porto. Right. So we were in Porto first thing in the morning. And then we flew back out of Porto first thing the next morning. It was mental. And I the flight back to Luxembourg was crazy. I know, like, you wouldn't um, do that for like, a normal holiday, but, you know, like, you wouldn't put yourself to such... Oh, no chance, yeah. You know, to try and find, I mean... When we were trying to find a way of getting to Skopje when we played oh. in Macedonia, I mean, I think I think we went from Edinburgh to Milan. I think it was Milan, and then we went from there to Skopje. But then on the way back, we were like three or four flights because there was no way of getting back the next morning after the game. So I think we went from like Skopje to Prague, Prague to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Edinburgh, or Amsterdam to Glasgow, and it was just like. You wouldn't put yourself through that for anything else other than the football. It's crazy when you think about some of the stuff that you've did just to try and make it to a random outpost in Europe to watch Rangers play. Well, that that uh, I'm just watching, just watching Rangers coming through here. And we should have scored. That should be a goal. See, see, to be fair, just, and and for everybody listening, for everybody listening on um, Spotify or whatever when this eventually uh, goes on. 
Um, I'm back. Uh, for the last, for this second half, it's been on Celtic. Yeah, yeah, basically. Apart from this chance Yelovich has got when the boy, who, who's that brings him to? Is it Mulgrew? Was she no busy watching his wings? It was Mulgrew. She didn't even watch his wings. <laughs> <laughs> that never gets old, that, does it? Oh, yeah. But no, well, you get back to you. Get back to you, Scott. Me at, at Scotchy. That was we. We flew. Uh, we went down to London. Flew to Gatwick. With a three-hour delay in Gatwick, which meant we missed. Which meant, meant we. Well, we're flying to Sofia in Bulgaria, and well, we're going to get an overnight bus from Sofia, but we missed that. So we had to book a hotel in Sofia, and then in the morning we couldn't work out the buses, so we ended up getting a taxi from Sofia through to Skopje. When we were at the border, we met. We met a guy from Inverness and his girlfriend who'd hired a car. They met, we bumped into them at the, at the border. They took us back after the game. Nice. It was just ridiculous. And the sort of thing you just, you wouldn't be that disorganised. No. Go on a normal holiday. No. You know? A wasted free kick, that. And I, you guys are, I know you guys are talking about all your yeah. European adventures, right? But I'm just, I'm trying to keep it sometimes on the actual game I'm meant to be watching. Um, I, think, I think it's just, like it shows you how the but it shows you how far Rangers fans will go to get to some places. I think that's what we're trying to show that. No, absolutely. And by the way, I haven't actually mentioned this to Wolf yet, but um, whether he says yes or no, he's not really got an option. We're going to be doing <laughs> uh, Wolf's European Travels show. Um, for that, good for that. Eh? Where, where he tells us all the gory details about what he's got up to on his European travels. But that'll be coming in the future weeks and maybe months. But, gents, I want to touch on something, and I'll come to you second, Wolf, because I want to get your opinion on why you don't. But you are talking about playing in Europe, so let's talk about Serbia, Willie. Um, and Scotland finally qualifying for a major tournament. Yeah, look, I mean, i only seen a very, very small amount of the game, to be honest with you, because I was busy doing several other things. But Watching American football? No, I wasn't actually very football. I was doing several <laughs> other things. But uh, I just think, for the country, it's good. You know, let's be honest about it. It's a pretty shit time right now. A lot of folk are trapped in their house. In my area, it looks like come tomorrow, we're going to be in Tier 4, which is back to a complete lockdown. Which, for a lot of people, that's tough to accept. So maybe that wee bit of happiness to watch, you know, the country get to a major challenge. I mean... I mean, I'm lucky, and so is Wilf, and and that Scotland have been to major championships in our lifetime. Yeah, so we've seen them at least playing like World Cups and European championships. And back in the day, like there was obviously several Rangers players in that team, so we did go and watch like their games on the television, or maybe the odd game that was at Ibrox, we would have went to it. But yeah, look, it's a it's strange like to watch like the games at times where there's no supporters in it. But mm-hmm. look, Scotland getting to major championships is a good thing. And if there's a few Rangers players that are away in the summer, I'll be delighted for them. And well, listen, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Um but a two part question really. One, did you used to be interested in the Scotland national team? Did you used to watch their games and get excited? And number two, if you did, why don't you anymore? Yeah, I used to, I used to go when I was younger. I used to go and watch Scotland. I mean, I, my last Scotland game was at Hamden in nineteen ninety five. I think it was a one one draw with Finland. I think, um, and 
It's not even so much I'm not interested in Scotland. I just don't. I just fell out, fell out of love with international football. Right. And so, I mean, since that Finland game in '95, I've been to I've been I've been to, to watch two international games live. Oh fuck, that was a chance for them there. Mm-hmm. Go back to this game. And the two games I've been to was I was in London for the weekend. Oh, you're right. They should have scored that. It's offside. And and bizarrely. Um, Brazil were playing Argentina at the newly opened Emirates Stadium, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Brazil-Argentina, and I've never been to the Emirates, and I love visiting stadiums. And at that time, it only just opened. I've never been in it. And I'm not passing up the chance of going to watch Brazil play Argentina, especially back then. So I went to that, and then uh, a few years ago, I was I was in, in Brighton for a, a few days with my girlfriend, and it was just after the, the, the Paris terror attacks, mm-hmm. and England were playing France at Wembley. And I said, like, if the game goes ahead, it just felt right as a football fan to go to that game yeah. because of what had happened in Paris. So we went to that. So that's the only two international games I've been to in, what, 25 years? Just because I fell out of love with international football. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, bothered, that, I'm not bothered that Scotland qualified as well. He says it's great for Scottish football, mm-hmm. good for the country, because loads and loads of people do like it, and I'm delighted for them. But, I mean, I watched parts of the game the other night, and Scotland scored... It didn't put me up or down. And Serbia scored. It was the same. Didn't put me up or down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't not watch international football. I watch. I just. I watch football. I mean, I'd watch an under tens game if I was walking past it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I like watching football. But I don't. I don't have any skin in the game, so to speak. I don't. I don't really care about it. But I know there's loads of people that I know that do care about it and delighted mm-hmm. for them. Absolutely delighted for them. But I can't well. get excited. It's not Scotland, I wish Scotland all the best, but I just can't get excited about international football. No, I, I totally get that, and it's actually ironic because the last, excuse me, international game that I went to was at the Emirates, um, and I can't remember the year, but it was Scotland playing Brazil, and I was living, like I say, I was living in Gloucester at the time, so, you know, Gloucester to London's maybe about an hour or something, around 20 minutes, and my dad had bought his tickets and we were in the Brazil end. Or that what a decision that was, by the way. I loved every minute of the 90 minutes. See that Brazilian? Absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. But listen, obviously, Wally, there's... Um, El Hajj just, just came on as well, by the way. And in <laughs> fact, before, before we go on to speak about that, El Hajj, Wally, what did you make of him in his time at Rangers? Um, you can see he was a technically good player. Mm. I think that was the one thing that stood out quite quickly. He was a technically good player. His attitude at times seemed a bit questionable. Mm-hmm. His work ethic at times seemed a bit questionable. But you don't play at the level he did if you weren't a good footballer. Clearly the guy had these moments where he did like outrageous things and he made outrageous comments and stuff like that. But I think he's one of those guys that you'll either love him or you'll hate him because people obviously kind of watch what he did as a as a Liverpool player and a Bolton player and like the spitting incidents and all these things. So people mm-hmm. are always look at him for that. I look at him and he spell at Rangers, they think he did a job. You know, he managed to get us a couple of goals. I think his European goal. Was it Lisbon, was it he scored against? Was it Sporting Lisbon? Yes. Sport Lisbon. Yep. And uh, and he's one of those guys, it's just Oh, he's got to score that like you're just talking about on there, he'll have Jeff Hedge of the ball. He's basically a backup. I mean he was basically a backup to come on and to do a job for the team 
But, I mean, that ball that you're talking about there, that should have been a third goal because he puts it on a plate. I mean, Foster spreads his body well. Aye. You know, you should be good enough to tuck that away. But Was it, was it know, Vice, wasn't it? It was Vice that should have scored. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like, just one of those guys, he'll be remembered for, like, mocking Scott Brown. Which for a lot of fans, Rangers fans enjoy mocking Scott Brown, let's be honest. That was enough, wasn't it? <laughs> but at the end of the day, what was more important was that we were successful. That we won a free the- kick. That's sorry, Wally. That's a free kick, and he gets booked for diving. Yeah, because of who he is. So that was the thing mm. about you here, and he was known for doing things, and referees were looking for it. It's a bit like Alfie for a period there, where like Alfie was just like public enemy number one. And he was getting booked for things, sent off for things that other players weren't. No, Ryan Jack was the same when he came to Rangers. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. That was the same. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Jack never. I don't, have, I don't think he ever got sent off for Aberdeen. Keep Rangers, he got sent off every time he was on the park. Just on, just on Ryan Jack, very, very quickly, gents. Just very, very quickly on Ryan Jack. He was phenomenal for Scotland against Serbia, by the way. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. He, he was, he was, I, mean, I didn't, didn't see the first half, but he, he was from what I saw. I mean, that's my only thing with international football. I want our players to play well mm-hmm. and get back, get back uninjured. You know what I mean? And that's... That's as far as it goes yeah. for me. Yeah, look, I think that's fair because I think that's how things have changed. Like, sort of, when I grew up, a lot of people were excited when Scotland played. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think one of my kind of like sort of earlier memories was when Scotland played Germany at Ibrox. I can't remember when it was exactly, but I think they get beat one nothing. But I remember like being excited about going to the game. Mm-hmm. But like as Wolf says, like it starts to drift. You know, like the more you go and watch Rangers. It's not that you don't care about Scotland, but you just don't have the same passion for watching the games. It's like when Rangers are playing, you're excited, you're you're ready to go, you're down at the... Oh, he's got to fucking score that, hasn't he? Um, so I forgot about that are, chance. You know, the four, and I think that's what's changed in recent years. The Tartan Army's become a lot more guys that are out with the Rangers support. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's moved like, up towards like, Aberdeen and Dundee and... Like, you know, that seems to be like the hardcore element of the, the Tartan Army. But I mean, see, back in the day, like, the Tartan Army had a hell of a lot of Rangers fans. A hell of a lot of Rangers fans. Especially when they were, like, trips down to Wembley. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, back, back in the day, the Tartan Army wasn't really the Tartan Army. It was just the Scotland oh, Aye. You know, I mean, they seem to be an organised thing now. They've got, they've got spokesmen and magazines and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. You know, and it is, it's, it's guys that support teams that don't get to Europe, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. As you said, Martin, you know, going to Europe's an, exp- an expensive business. Right? It's an expensive hobby. So yep. you sometimes got to just a lot of guys they've got to choose. Well, did did they go watch the club side that they're invested in every week? Yeah. Or do they or do they spend the whatever 30, 40 quid to go and watch a Scotland game? And a lot mm-hmm. of guys will just will choose to go and watch the club side because it's what yeah, they do every. Well, there's easy getting sent off. Yeah. Right, see that right. For use, I know it might be construed as last man or whatever, right? And he, and it's a it's a horrible tackle. But is that sending off? Well, it's cynical. It's cynical. Uh, I, I, no, listen, I get it's cynical, right? And I get where he's done it. But would, if that was an Rangers player, would you be happy for him getting sent off there? He'd never be happy that he's sent off, but you can understand why he sent him off. Mm. I mean, that's, back back then, if I had been a Rangers player, I'd have been raging. Yeah. I, I look at it totally different now. That if something happens, I would think, right, okay, like, like if, if if somebody gets a penalty against us, for example, it doesn't happen often, but if we, we give away a penalty, 
my first thought is, well, would I want that? Yes. Yeah. The other end, do I want that? And if the answer is yes, then it's a penalty. No, it's just the only reason I ask is because he's so but far away from goal. You know. Why do you think we? Yeah, somebody like Vice was that quick though. See if he got beyond his Aguirre, mm-hmm. he was likely going to like sort of get through into the penalty box and get a shot off. And I think that's what the referee's seen. Yeah, that's the sort of thing you probably wouldn't get sent off for now because it's no, not a goal scoring opportunity because it's uh, so far out. Yeah, well, there's a very young Willie Pollum there. Did you see him as fourth official? Yeah. <laughs> he was probably dying to get a penalty there. Willie's that's a penalty. Tell him it's a penalty. Even even in the thirty first minute of extra time, well, and they've and they've just had a man sent off. Are you still nervous? No way. Because they've had uh, that chance, just had that chance for Hooper that they really should have scored. I should have done. You, you, you know, you would think, right? Okay, it's maybe it's maybe our day, and then you lose a final whistle. So it was our day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no matter how long, how how long they're playing until the whistle goes, if you know they go up, there's always a chance you could just. Anything could just a wee ricochet. Anything could absolutely could drop you right in it. Yep. No, you're so right, mate. You're so right. Aye. And then listen, um, I'm I'm not at the final. Are you, have you had the final whistle, Paul? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Have you yeah, had the final whistle? I have, mate. Um, Look up, mate. I've, I've got a picture of Yelovich having a wee cheeky smile on his face but actually I wanted to ask you two you just before we go because obviously we've been I don't know how we've managed to get nearly two and a half hours of conversation out of this by the way but very last thing I'm going to ask you is, is the fractured relationship between Rangers fans in Scotland can it be repaired and will it be repaired? For me personally I think if it does it's going to take a long time I like I think probably beyond the next five, ten years. Because it feels like, as a support, there's no trust mm-hmm. with the SFA. There's very little trust with Steve Clark because, I mean, the last thing Steve Clark did was make a bit of a cheeky comment to the Rangers fans as they left the yeah. stadium. Which was stupid. So, yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, like, you know, uh, people don't forget things like that. Especially as a football fan. See when somebody mocks you or says something to you, at a game, or if you've got players trying to antagonise your base support, you don't forget that. You know, that never ever goes out of your mind. Like, you remember it a hundred times over. Mm-hmm. So, to Steve Clark's point of view, I mean, I'm sure Steve Clark couldn't really give a fly, to be honest, but mm-hmm. like, to a Rangers fan's point of view, things like that will always be in the back of your mind. So, if Steve Clark was to be sacked or he left, it wouldn't really make you any less happy or emotional kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Just... But in terms of the SFA, no, I think it's going to take a long time for Rangers fans to ever feel comfortable with the people that run the game in this country. What about yourself, Will? I agree 100% with that. It's going to, it's going to need serious regime change. Yeah. And the clubs don't want that. I mean, they proved that when Rangers put the, put the, the idea forward, look, can we, we, want, we want regime change, and they all said no. Mm-hmm. More or less, they all said no. So it's going to take... I mean, they need to stop doing stu- you know, stupid, petty things like, you know, charging Stephen Gerrard for stating the obvious and things like that. I know. You know it, there's too many there's too many anomalies in what they do. Some some people get away with doing this or saying that and you know other others don't. It's not just with Rangers, it's just with, with other clubs and absolutely it's, it can be repaired, but it's going to take a long time and I think it would be it, it won't be this generation. Yeah, I totally agree. At all. You know well, I mean Scott, Scotland Scotland qualifying for tournaments will help. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, people, well, it's about, it's about winning. I mean, it, they wouldn't get me back on side, but I, 
I didn't even go back to Scotland when, when Walter was a manager or when Alec McLeish was a manager because I'm going to say it's not Scotland, it's international football for me. Yeah. But listen, listen, James, we'll finish up. Won't be. We'll, we'll finish up, but 2011 League Cup final, we can all agree, and both of you can jump in here, that it was a shite game, but another trophy to add to Walter Smith's massive collection. And it's always fantastic to win a cup, and it's even better to win it against your rivals. Yeah, look, it always will be. Whenever you win a cup final against Celtic, it's always special as a supporter, as a player, as a manager. But yeah, I mean, from Walter's point of view, Walter will probably be, probably go down as the greatest ever manager of Rangers in my lifetime, unless Steven Gerrard is, you know, another five or ten years at Rangers kind of thing. So, yeah, I think Walter's definitely the, the top man and what he's done for Rangers will never be forgotten by a lot, a lot of people. Okay. Got, got to agree wholeheartedly with Willie there. I mean, it's just... It's it's hard to believe that that's the last domestic cup competition that we won, major mm-hmm. domestic cup competition that we won. And, I mean, the League Cup, in my lifetime, the League Cup's always been good to us. It's mm-hmm. always been good to Rangers. Because, I mean, during the 80s, when I was my formative years as a Rangers fan, we won it. We seem to win it all. We seem to win it every year. Mm-hmm. But we're in the final, we won it all the time. Mm-hmm. Either against Celtic or against Aberdeen or a couple of times against Dundee United. And we, we need to get back to we just need to get back to winning it. Oh, definitely, definitely. But listen, for everybody who watched live, thank you very much. Um, leave a like, and if you haven't already subscribed, for people who aren't watching it live, leave a like and subscribe. And thank you for watching, uh, Wolf Willie, mate, uh, lad. Sorry, thanks for coming on, and I didn't expect us to get the kind of chat we've had tonight. That's all right, mate. It was a pleasure. No, I really, really enjoyed the chat. The game was a lot of rubbish, but really enjoyed the chat. <laughs> Gentlemen, thanks very much. Thank you for everybody watching, and we yeah. shall see you. I think it's going to be Friday will be the Aberdeen preview. So thanks, everyone, for watching, and good night. Cheers, guys. Yes. How the fuck did we get through that? <laughs> Not really too sure, to be honest. I lost track of it two hours ago. <laughs> I've got no idea how we get through. I don't even think I was watching that again. <laughs> it was weird. But look, it, it was an experience. I mean, well, if we do it again, I know it's obviously we'll look at it further down the line. But I look, it was it was a good laugh, and we probably spoke about a lot of things that we could look at further down the line. We all podcast. I think the European pods will be will be really good because there'll be a lot of guys interested in listening to the ideas and. Yeah, I am definitely looking forward to the European pods. How are you dealing with and not being able to get away to the games? Because obviously that's quite a big part of your life. Oh, it is my life. It's horrendous, mate. Uh-huh. Absolutely horrendous. I'm kind of used to not getting now and I understand that there's more important things. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.